No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. This episode of No Simple Road is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Wow, BetterHelp. I am so excited that this is our sponsor. I am too. Like, check it out, you guys. If you're out there and you're having one of those days, weeks, months, or years where you don't feel like getting out of bed. Or even lifetimes. You don't fucking get dressed. You're wearing sweatpants all day long. You haven't brushed your hair in a week. You don't feel like you're moving forward or you're quickly going backward. Go check out our sponsor, BetterHelp. They are amazing and they have therapists available 24 hours a day seven days a week to help you get your shit straightened out. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours and you can connect in a safe and private online environment. It's super convenient. Mel, you just signed up for this thing. I did. Um, Our fantastic sponsors have given us an opportunity to try out BetterHelp. And honestly, within 24 hours, I had already found and picked a therapist and you pick them. They, that's really cool. It's amazing that mine happens to be in Portland, so I don't know if they match you up with somebody that's in your hometown or not. I didn't, uh, you know, I don't know that part. But he gave me this whole entire personal message, and I felt super comfortable. And to be honest, at first I thought, how am I going to connect over the computer? But that's just me, my age. You yeah, know? you can you can do this There's, over video. Yeah, you can do it just with a phone call. This is not a crisis line. It's not a self help line. Nope. What it is, is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and they got people that'll help you with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping problems. Yeah, they showed, he sent um, a link of all the, not a link, but a, um, a list of all the things that he specialized in, so many things, family issues, marriage issues, things like that. So if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener of No Simple Road, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com slash NoSimpleRoad. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NoSimpleRoad. Take care of your head. It's important. Have you ever listened to Howlin' Rain? Out of a cloud that you got at Electric Fish Lights? Well, you absolutely can. Shit. You should. You should. You really should. Go to electricfishlights.com and check out the amazing IQ technology lights. 
that they are hooking up for you and the No Simple Road family over there. These are upcycled vinyl, which is uh, recycled milk jug plastic, basically. And these are like 30 interlocking pieces. You put them together in 15 different shapes and they can configure them into a cloud, a rainbow, a bunny rabbit. Any of your favorite cartoon characters. Your favorite sports teams. They're licensed for all of the NFL, NBA, baseball, hockey, you know. And look, let's be honest, the holidays are upon us. We are here. here. Like Thanksgiving, I was going to say, Thanksgiving. Anyway, (laughs) Thanksgiving is right here. And you know what comes right after that? Christmas. Christmas Kwanzaa Hanukkah. Yeah, Christmas Kwanzaa Hanukkah. So go get your Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa presents over at electricfishlights.com. And if you're in the No Simple Road family, and you are because you're listening to the show, when you check out, put in the promo code NSR, you're going to get NSR. 25% off your purchase. 25. That's pretty dope. And you're going to get special magic in your box. We don't Delaware know Delaware magic. Yep. We don't know. It's it, a surprise to us, too. It could be gum. It could be trading cards. It could be $1,000. A jump rope. A t-shirt. You never know. A fabulous flag. Who knows? See, now I they're making know. it fun. So put in that promo code and enlighten your life. This episode of No Simple Road is sponsored by ShopTourBus.com. Go to ShopTourBus and check out the online lots, most dopest t-shirts, hoodies, um, what stickers, else? tote bags, those kids five clothes. panel trucker hats. Yeah, the five panel trucker hats are. You know, I, I'm going to say this. Anytime I post a picture of myself wearing my Steal Your Tape hat, I get comments and DMs asking where I got it. Well. If you're listening to the show, guess what? It's at ShopTourBus on Instagram or ShopTourBus.com online. Go check all all of the Grateful Dead-inspired designs they got over there. And they have the highest quality t-shirts and hoodies. And all their stuff is dope and sustainable. And you know what? They are part of the No Simple Road family. And they're giving you 10%. Or no, I'm sorry. They're not giving you 10% off. They're giving you free shipping. Free shipping. I don't shipping. know what the hell I'm saying anymore. <laughs> Put in the promo code No Simple Road when you check no out. No Simple Road. It's going to come to you in a hand-designed box with a Grateful Dead lyric on the inside, a bunch of extras in there. There's going to be gum, maybe candy. There could be a little figurine, Jerry Ham with the finger cut off. You don't know what's going to be in there. And some of you are going to get a real live bootleg. Bootleg. So check it out. Go to shoptourbus.com. Check out the designs. Pick one out. Send it to your friend for Christmas. Or send one to yourself for Christmas, or just get one for whatever you know. Check for it the out. Heck of it. Shoptourbus.com. This episode is brought to you by Define Premium Cannabis. That's what they said. That's what we said. That is what we said. You so if you are up here in the Portland area, we have two locations: one in Hillsboro, where I hang out, and one in Forest Grove. If you come out, this is a very complicated world of cannabis nowadays. Our goal is to take our time with you find what you need for whatever your element is and send you out the door packing a goodie bag with a big smile on your face and the smile is not because you're high it's because you got 10 percent off your purchase because you told them you're part of the no simple road family and your first trip in you got a free t-shirt so you got your edibles or your flour or your whatever you needed to get yourself medicated and take care of might have met apple yep you might have met apple and you got clothes so go check out define in hillsborough or forest grove 
Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Now, now, go talk now. Right now, hi everybody. Hello everyone. This is Aaron, Mel, and Apple, and Darwin. Darwin, Darwin was came in here while when we started recording, and Apple has his cup of tea with ice cubes that are super loud in it next to his chair. And Darwin went over and started drinking tea out of Apple's cup when Apple wasn't looking. Yep, he just helped himself. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I share with Darwin, but that was gross. Funny and gross. Now, hey everybody, guess what? This week on the show, we are so stoked to have the one, the only, Ethan, Ethan Miller. Miller as our guest from Howlin' Rain. And he's back on the show. Yeah, that's we, true. We love him so much, we had him back on the show, and he agreed and wanted to be with us. That, to me, means so much to me. Two, two, two Howlin' Rains in one. I always feel like we're very fortunate to get any amount of time from <laughs> these musicians. So to get double time from them is really special, especially from Ethan, because that man is so passionate when he's on stage. Mm, that's, I mean, not, that's a great word for Ethan's passion. Yeah, not even not just that there, like in real life, like he's just got such a wonderful, like yeah. this is a big 
you know, Wonderful. this is a 50 yeah. cent word I'm going to use for mm-hmm. him. He is erudite. Okay. And he, this is a deep thinking guy. So deep and. And, and really, really intelligent. And it does absolutely come through in Howlin' Rain's music. If you don't know who they are, go check it out. Go dig. They, they've been around for a really long time and they've put out a litany of albums. They actually just released a new album on Mel's birthday on October 8th. October 8th. Yeah. Um, the Dharma Wheel came out and this album is, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. It's different than the other Howlin' Rain stuff. You could still tell it's Howlin' Rain for sure. Yep. But this is a little bit more um, Howlin' Rainy. Yeah. I don't know how else to say <laughs> it. Yeah. More Howlin' and more Rainy. Well, it's, it's more of it. So say like, oh, um, here I am. And then you go, and here's more of me. Yeah, true. <laughs> you and, know, like, and you know, we get into it in the conversation with Ethan, and but uh, you know, the, the quarantine and all that was a pressure cooker and incubator for the creative force that flows through these guys. And Ethan of, was no exception. One of my quotes that I have um, from the conversation was, "Look how well we've done. Also, look how terrible we've done." Ooh, yeah. This this was pretty deep. This was. Super cool getting that's what I mean about Ethan. He's so like like you said, he's deep and just but also sweet mm-hmm. and like and lighthearted. And he, he owns the beard that I aspire to. <laughs> he does. Well that's what's great about there's a lot of there's learning in this, there's a lot of laughter and yeah. smiles. And like you were saying, this is a second time on. I love it. We're starting to have repeat guests, and that means they enjoyed themselves. That's, That's true. They're coming back on. That that makes me feel good, you know, like they're coming back on. Ethan holds a place in prominence in the canon of No Simple Road interviews in that um, he was the first live interview we ever did in our hometown. And yeah, at Mississippi Studio. The, yeah, if if you don't room. recall, babe, exactly what you were talking about with in our last inter- um, episode that we released with Andy Frasco wanting to be doing a podcast with a with a musician before they go on oh yeah and that was an instance of us doing that well we weren't doing it in front of anybody but that i get where you're coming but it was the beginnings of that Mm -hmm. and like it's as close as we could have gotten yeah like like literally the band was in there getting ready yeah. They were like getting ready and we were doing the interview as they were getting ready to go take the stage. And, and I, I just think like pretend like if one of us pretend, well, I'm pretending now. One of us was the camera person and we would have like kind of recorded that to that would have been a pinnacle moment yeah, for definitely for no simple road. We were like, you know, the thing with like people like like Ethan, he's. Being around him, he's got such a strong um, magnetic, mag- yes, field. magnetism. Exactly. Certain celebrities have that. Certain like models. Certain regular, ordinary people have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real thing. And so here we are, so like wet behind the ears as a podcast and doing this and meeting a hero. And you know, he's got this magnetism, and we're in this place. Where we're like validated that yeah. we're. You know, we got upstairs to, you know, it was just and a really it, great moment. In no small part, we have to stop and say a heartfelt thank you to Kevin Calibro. Yes, Kevin. You, Kevin. You know, he's, he's been a supporter yeah. of 
just been been in our corner since the jump. And, yeah. You know, since this, the very beginning. This interview with with Ethan wouldn't happen without him. The first one or this one, we would have never met Neil Casal without him. Um, he, just a lot. Yeah, we would have never interviewed guys. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would have never interviewed Kevin. So Kevin, that was if, fun too. Man. If you're listening, man, I hope you know how much we appreciate you, love you, and uh, can't wait till we can finally shake hands and give you a hug in person someday yeah. when, when we're out on the East Coast. You never know what what the future holds. That's but true, we love you, man, and um, all of you out there as well. So you know the the format of No Simple Road has changed recently. We do a short little intro get you to the conversation and then on the back end we do our no simple road hangout thing so make sure you stick around after the conversation with ethan for the three of us shooting the shit and uh giving you a little review of the sci-fi soldier in vegas fish shows and eugene and everything that went down with us in the past few weeks so yeah anybody else have anything before we get to the i was just gonna say if if you're lucky enough to be living on the west coast in california they've just got it howlin rain has a few shows announced right now uh december 9th in felton december 10th in venice california nice and december 11th in pioneer town california hell yeah so yeah if you're in any of those places in california do not sleep on this go check them out live this is definitely one of those that you need to go see the i'm just gonna say this when i saw them i understood why the name of the band is the name of the band it it is they are aptly named so just go check it out and then hit me up afterwards and let me know what you thought i gotta add one more thing plus during this as mel takes notes and she drew one of the coolest portraits ever which she does once in a while when we're interviewing an you know artist. i'll post it on the instagram this yeah. week yeah, well, that, I was going to say that's at the know, bell. Yeah, no, I I just had a thought, and that's not for public consumption. Not right, not now. I, I just okay. like that Mel was inspired enough to draw this bitch in picture. Yeah, <laughs> that he's <laughs> I he's, an, he's that, an inspiration. Apple. Ethan he, is, and the whole you are. band. You're very inspiring, Ethan. Just by being normal, you were just like you know doing yard work and <laughs> just being chill. You know, super cool. No, no big deal. It's just our what you've done for us. Like as a group, as No Simple Road, you've given us this certain like amazing feeling. And um, the music that you've gifted us with too. Yeah. And so we just hope that you, you know, you take it that way and just know that we love you and we're on your corner. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, we're going to get you to the interview, but first. Or in your corner, right? Y- yeah. In your corner. In your corner. What What did you say? I said on it. You could be on the corner too. <laughs> that's different though. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole I different. I meant to say we're Ethan, in you're not your on cor- the corner. <laughs> no, we're not on the corner either. <laughs> wow. Anyway, follow No Simple Road on all the social media platforms at No Simple Road. Excuse me, I'm going to clear my throat. Yeah, there at we go. At No Simple Road. Go to www.nosimpleroad.com and sign up for the newsletter. Get yourself some No Simple Road merch. There's hoodies, t-shirts, fanny packs, cart. Co- coloring books no that would be so cups. fun that would be coloring fun. There, may, of your art. there may be that would be dope <gasps> Doing anyway I, that's not there now but maybe in the future go get a coffee cup though because it's warm drink season what nothing better than a warm drink and a no simple road mug um yeah and also make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road and i would be remiss if i didn't call out our new patreon subscriber Oh, yeah. I don't have it pulled up. That's right. We do vamping. have a new Patreon subscriber this week. 
we had yes. one last week. Jill, last week. yeah. Jill B signed up for a cute dollar every month. Jill, Jill B. Aww, we speak your Jill. name, Jill B. No, Jill, you know what? I knew a Jilly Bean. Uh, that's what the first thing I thought mm-hmm. of. Anyway, it's like Jilly Bean. Mm-hmm. Jill, that I want to tell you something. A dollar means so much to us. It means that you cared enough to put down four quarters every month to make sure that we can keep doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And that means the world you know to what? Mel, Apple, I, and our it yeah, means, absolutely. It means to me that you're thinking about us and you have to think about us every month. And that's freaking sweet to me. Yeah. And you know that what? That you even listen to the show that much that you feel like you want to do that. And it's not even about the amount. It's like Mel said, it's the fact that you thought about us. So if you out there, not Jill B., are thinking about us and you know it's the holiday season i'm gonna do the in the arms of the angel thing you know it's <laughs> oh the holidays we could really use your help you guys we need to keep the lights on over here we got big things coming next year and we need your help to get there so go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road that's how we pay for everything around here okay yeah do, okay. do us a solid if you want to do something that doesn't cost anything you can go on apple Podcasts and leave us a review apple help us out I oh, heard through the grapevine. Did you hear that we got a review this I, week? I did. This is a really beautiful review. Yeah. What's it say, Santa this, Claus? This, this put on your really, reading glasses. Yeah, let me put on my Santa glasses here. And, uh, <clears throat> this is from Crazy Mustache 37. <laughs> okay. First of all, five-star review. Safe Space is the title. Anyone who enjoys music in general, not only but especially Fish Grateful Dead, you need to give a listen. Pure joy radiates from this podcast. Absolute, absolute love and light pours out of my ear holes when I listen. <laughs> love that. I'm only 20. Been going to fish at the gorge for 10 years, which that's what? awesome. <clears throat> and I was lucky enough to meet these guys in August. Been listening to them at work every day. Love hearing from amazing artists and people who are passionate about making them known and loved. Dude. Thank you so much, wow. Crazy Mustache 37. Crazy Mustache 37. Reach out to us when you hear this. I mean, we're trying to figure out you know, when we met yeah, you send at us a the picture. gorge. Um, we're thinking of who had a crazy mustache, but that's a lot of people. Yeah, that's very common. Us. could just be a handle, and it homie could. has no mustache. Could be a girl. Yeah. That's you don't know. True. That's absolutely true. So, but anyway. thank you so much yeah. for doing that. That Well, I just love, I love them because of what they're saying, like what their perspective is. We are passionate about like Grant the Grant Livingstons and the Ethan Millers and Nick Clarks. Yeah, man. And Fish and the Grateful Dead. Exactly. (laughs) They all deserve their time on No Simple Road. And in the sun. And in the sunshine. Because that's how things grow. And you know what? Speaking of growing, you know what's growing? What? People calling 971-808-1524. You know what that number is? That's the No Simple Road Tepid Line. Tepid. So check this out. We There's no rules for the Tepid Line, y'all. You can call and do anything you want. I mean, within reason. Tell a joke, leave a recipe, right. tell a story. Ask us a report. question, something you've always wanted to ask. All of us or one of us, you can do that. Somebody did something very unique. Don't know who it was. This is so cool. And I'm going to play it for you here in just a second. All right. I got my shit together. Here we go. And. Somebody called in from the show. 
fucking dope whoever you are you're amazing <laughs> thank you for doing you that brought us into the show yeah you i've said that before like if you're if you're high at a show and you remember and think about us just call the number and hit record there it is man and to hear adam oh. it's so perfect oh. like oh. I, it, Apple and I listened out on the porch a little while ago. And when it first started, I was like, I wonder who this is. And then I heard, bow, bow, bow. And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> cats. It's a cat. <laughs> you know that. Can't mistake that. Okay. So we got two more for you. Whoa. And this one is from Chris. And here we go. Star family. This is Chris from Baltimore. Um, I saw Rainbow Full of Sound last night um, at a place called the 8x10. Um, and it was awesome. They, they, uh, they did, uh, Europe 72 date, like as advertised. Um, and rumor was it was a German date. So that was kind of cool. Um, uh, I think I overheard people saying it's Dusseldorf, which is fun for me because I'm a painter and Dusseldorf is a huge painting city. Um, there's a big famous art academy there, a bunch of big shop painters and stuff. Um, that list was incredible. Um, there was a really dope China rider. The bass player was thunderous, like truly thunderous. And there was a tiny little pumpkin on the front of the stage because it was Halloween. Um, anyway, yeah, that was a, I, I called the other week about Tab in D.C. That was pretty great. And um, two weeks back or a week back, I was at Den Company and um, uh in Denver, and that was incredible. Um, that was such a treat, man. Um, I'll probably call back with the scripting work for that. Um, y'all don't have to play all this on the on the show or anything like that. Don't worry about it. But um, yeah, we do. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, just wanted to tell y'all what was uh, up. The crowd for Rainbow Full of Sound was pretty tight and intimate, so everyone was really chill and very cool. And and um, uh, the band jammed, man. They had a great little uh, like visual situation going on. So that was a lot of fun and. Um, they had a fun opening act. He was a, a singer-songwriter, I guess, who was also working as their merch guy. Um, but he had some great stage demeanor. He joined them for the uh, pig pen tent. Oh, my God, there's a rat right next to my car. <laughs> That's a big rat. Um, wow. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, so it was, it was a good time. And uh, um, that, that guy that was opening for them really shredded on, on the harmonica, man. I, I he was honestly otherworldly. I, I haven't heard harmonica like that. There's something extraterrestrial going on with that guy's uh, windpipes and tongue because the enunciation of some of the notes is just like it is really just top notch. Really, really incredible stuff. Um, anyway, I'm gonna call back with the Dead and Company before it and um, talk a little bit about that. Uh, I lived in Denver for a year out in the scene for a while so that, that'll be like a different thing um that'll be like another call and uh, also like uh yeah 
no, it's like a whole whole situation. But right? you guys have a great week. Thanks for doing the show, uh, et cetera. Uh, bye. Aw, hell yeah, Chris. We love your calls, man. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you that know, and it's good luck when a rat shows up next to your car in the middle of calling the tepid line. So just know <laughs> that you're going to have be blessed for the next six weeks. You can walk on water, man. Fertility and growth. Yeah, that's what rats <laughs> symbolize. Disease. It's <laughs> 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 <is> true. <laughs> hey, you too can be played on No Simple Road saying stuff. 971-808-1524. So that's how that works. Anybody have any final words before we no, get to Ethan? I think Ethan? they've waited long enough to listen to this awesome interview with uh, Ethan. Remember, stick around after the interview for us, more of us, <laughs> talking about more stuff and things. So With us. Here we go. Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Ethan, Ethan Miller. Miller.
Welcome back to the show, Ethan. It's so good to have you back. Yeah. Nice to see all you guys. It's an exciting time, man. Like, uh, no shortage of stuff going on for you, huh? Yeah. No, 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 never a shortage of stuff going on. It is pretty exciting. I mean, it's been a pretty exciting couple of years for, for good or bad, you know? Yeah. So there, there's no shortage of uh, exciting things happening over right. the last five, six years, you know? Yeah. The... The last time, so we saw you, God, was it 2018 or 19? 2019, I believe. At Mississippi, at Mississippi Studios. Studio. And then the world exploded later that year. Everything went nuts. Yeah. It's crazy, man. But you said five or six years. So what was happening the previous few before COVID that was kind of exciting and crazy for you? Oh, I mean, I just feel like the this the whole world's been accelerating over the last yes. five years. Okay, yes. okay. right? Everything just le- leading to the explosive meltdown that we're currently <laughs> at. You can just feel <laughs> the whole thing sucking into a vortex, you know. And then somewhere around, you know, kind of we we got the COVID rolling, and that was all fun and games. And then you know, just ratcheted it up completely to total <laughs> U.S. civil meltdown on top of it, and and. Uh, you know, just, yeah. I, I don't know, full, full uh, apocalypse party, you know. <laughs> you know, not to get too weird right from the get-go, but I got to ask you a question, man. Like, did did you ever think that this could be our reality? Did Like, did you see this shit coming? You know what? I think that we still, the reason, the thing that makes me a little nervous is that we it's like imagining your own death. Mm. You know what I mean? Like envision death, you know, well, maybe it's going to be peaceful or dark, or maybe I'll be on a cloud playing a harp, you know, but when you really try to do it, it's like imagine infinity or imagine astral physics and imagine the length of the universe. You can't, our minds aren't really capable of handling that kind of projection, you know? And I think that even in the moment we're in right now, we're, we're still not capable, even even the greatest minds and, and philosophers and analysts, I, I just don't think that the mind is capable. We haven't lived in times with these kinds of pandemics. We haven't lived in times where, you know, the, the very fabric of our country, you know, it's not a question of which car should I buy or, you know, Netflix or Showtime app. It's, it's a question of, you know, are we on the brink of, an armed revolution of a civic meltdown of a, of a civil war of a coup in our government of a, of a, you know, disintegration of our democracy of our, of a pandemic upon pandemic that could, you know, really upend, you know, the, the forward flow of humanity. And even as those things happen, it's almost impossible to, to, to have total analysis or to feel total comprehension, I should say. Yes, you know, yes. analyze, but the comprehension, especially one after the other and on top of each other stacked in a, in a multitude. It's um, so, yeah, probably in cocktail conversation, we all talk about these things happening, but in the midst of them, what, what can you totally do with that information? I, I don't know. So I still, you still can't quite believe it. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. going yeah. to your hurdles with thousand the percent the environment and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. That's the long, long answer. It's, I, I, it's, I love the long answer, man. That's 
that's what a podcast is all about. <laughs> well, that, and that's what we talk about, Colin. One thing we have learned in the last two years is that we don't know shit. Mm-mm. We have no idea. There used to be, you could kind of make out the script or kind of figure out what the hell they or whatever was going on. Now it's just like, enjoy today and see what, you know, see what happens. And it really did force at, at least me to force me to be more present in the moment and stop projecting outward and doing as much planning as I did. And it really did force me to, to like shorten my, my scope in the world and like kind of just take hold of what I have right here in the moment and work from there. Make it the best. So I guess that's a good thing. If yeah, you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's positive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it is a positive thing, you know, it, it's, there's something, you know, it's easy to, I mean, you have to, you have to look at the situation and say it is possible things could get worse or things could <laughs> stay bad and get, you know, that, that it's just, that is a possibility. You know, we do not live in a utopia and this is not a fairy tale, you know, and we, we've got, you know, pipers are coming calling for us and, and, and that is a great, a great lesson is like, make, make sure that, you know, how, how is it today? How is it right now? Are you, you know, are you living in that to some extent? Because it, um, it may not just all be about, Oh, well, just, you know, work for 30 years from now or something like things could be worse. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's not a happy thought, but you know, stay, stay, yeah. Stay in the moment. We should have been doing this all along, good or bad. Right. Right. Yeah. And I I was going to ask, has any of this like, last two year heavy crazy shit inspired different music or different ways of expressing yourself musically? Um, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so really. Uh, to be honest over the last year, I haven't really started like really deeply writing again. I had so much stuff written and so many releases backed up that when COVID hit, um, I could really just be in my apartment in Oakland. Now I'm living up in Humboldt on a farmhouse. But at that time I spent the first year of COVID in, in Oakland in an apartment and in the middle of the city, um, you know, running my record label and selling records online and business was booming because people were trapped inside buying records yeah. every, every day. Kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was great. I was thankful to have something to do. I don't, you know, love idle time. And, um, and I had, thankfully, I had a lot of, you know, things backed up to put out a rarities record, two live albums, the this, the that, finished the new album. And that was just with one of my bands. So that, you know, took me the whole time through. And I have written a little bit. Um, and I'd say, no, you know, I was already reflecting on these things. You know, I okay. think they were already there. And, um you know, I don't know. I wasn't compelled to to make a bigger, some kind of bigger uh, jump up and down statement about the moment. I mean, you know, you want to you want to hold a mirror up a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, you know, I, I don't feel like my finger was off the pulse of the the the, the coming chaos or something before yeah. that. It's, that's fair. You had stuff to do already. So you're focused, you know, yeah. you got stuff sitting in your closet. You're going to look in your closet first before you start looking out. That makes total sense. Yeah. I, you know, Ethan, Mel and I were driving yesterday and um, 
listening to the the one track on Dharma Wheel that's available on iTunes. And um, I got to say, man, like, it's a it's very different than than your other stuff. Um, it's a lot more a m- lot more playful. Is it the um, the shorter track with Adam McDougal? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that one, the funky, the kind of disco one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more playful, man. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, yeah, and and fucking groovy as shit. Like that, <laughs> when you get Adam involved, something something special happens there, man. That can you talk about how that came about and tell us about that particular song? Yeah, yeah. I've had that song for a while. And I wanted it, I wanted it to be like that, like kind of a celebration of just like, you know, the lyrics are kind of absurdist, like earthy absurdist, you know, and the, and the music is, you know, supposed to be kind of, you know, McCartney wings ask or something like that, that has that kind of good, good feeling like, you know, and then I thought, well, we can put enough, you know, Howlin' Rain edge on it. So it's not just like pure escapism that it's got this, you know, it's got its little, little tooth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I wanted keys on it. Um, you know, I don't remember from the get go, I thought, Oh, we got to get Adam in there, but you know, I thought, Oh, it'd be great to try it with the Moog and the clavinet and all that stuff. I think I always kind of heard clavinet on there, you know, that Stevie wonder sound going, mm-hmm. um, and once Adam got in there, he, you know, he just started, you know, he was just doing improv takes through the song, you know, for each of the different keyboards that are on there. And then I added them together into a cohesive thing right. later. And each one of them was just so, you know, so much fun and different. And they were just cool little improv expressions that he ran through. And um, it was hard to choose just one. So as you can tell, in the end, I, I just basically created a, like a little Adam keyboard soup, you know, is what the producer called it. He's like, wow, it's just like you made this bubbling soup of Adam's keyboards, the clavinet, the, the, the different layers of Moog, you know, everything that's on there. And it, it you know, I probably didn't think it was going to be quite such a dominant instrument, but, um, but it just made this song for me, you know, it just, he, he brought so much, uh, you know, joy and fantasy and, and, and funk to it, you know, mm-hmm. that it was already, you know, a funky track, you know, but, um, yeah, it, a, it sealed the deal for it's, me. It's such a, um, cause we didn't know that it was Adam. Yeah. We, and, well, we, we knew when we, we knew <laughs> I was like, that got, that's gotta be Adam McDougal playing those yeah, keys right Adam. there. And she yeah. was like, yeah, it really does. But you know, like you, like you said, it's, a it's a lot of fun and, the album doesn't come out until the eighth, right? Yeah. Comes out on Mel's birthday. Yeah. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you too. <laughs> My record. Right. You got yeah. a baby. Heck yeah. You know, are we looking at a, a theme here with the couple of songs that we've heard? You know, like I said, it's, it's kind of, it's like you said, it's still got that howling rain edge to it but it's a little different man and it's well, a, the, the 16 minute dharma wheel man yeah. that's a journey that's a journey brother that goes like all over yeah so are we looking at that for the whole album is that kind of what we've got going as a theme here or are we returning to you know the the howling rain ethos well i don't know i mean you know each record's a little different and this one i think we we tried to make it 
like a real pure expression of this, of that band. Right. Um, you know, and just do what was natural for that band. I tried to, you know, I didn't bring them any songs where I said, well, we're not as hot on that. Or I could tell they weren't as hot, but I, went, I know this song's great. We're going to do it anyways. You know, it was just like, you guys pick, pick with your enthusiasm, choose from my roster of songs that I'm bringing in. And um, even if they were willing to do some, but I could tell, you could just feel when we played it the first couple times through, if it wasn't like already just part of the language, you know, I set it aside. Let's just do what really this song could, um, could, could bring, you know, this group in to just speak it. And in the end, I felt like we really, um, we really had that and it created, you know, we didn't put any target on ourselves to say, uh, or target for ourselves to say, you know, this is going to be our funky album, or this is going to be our uh, raw, like sort of like, it just was like, let's just, let's take as long as we want to rehearse these. Let's take them out on the road. Let's really, you know, do a thorough job and see how natural and commanding we can make these performances and these arrangements. And, um, you know, I feel like we really did. It, it really created an album that was, uh, you know, one of the most fun studio experiences I've had just in its Aww. ease of execution. You know, that it, a lot of times the studio is a stressful place, especially when really? you- Well, yeah, you know, especially if you don't really, you know, you, it's, it's very easy to start having a hard time in the studio, to get hung up on things, to to have something that sounded perfect on stage or perfect in the rehearsal space where you go, wow, this is the greatest tune. And it just isn't work. You know, you're performing for um, a cold machine in the okay. studio. Okay. Yeah. You know? No energy coming back. Yeah. A little, well, yeah. You know, and it's also, it's also like when you look in the mirror and you, and you, you know, you doll yourself up, you know, you look straight forward, you get your straightforward profile, just super dolled up and looking great, and your hair and your, everything's looking great. So, and then someone takes a video or a photograph of you from different sides and you realize like, wow, my ear's ugly and my neck's all <laughs> weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. these things taking yep. pictures and they may not be flattering. They may catch you in a weird moment where you're like, eh, your mouth's open, you're talking, you know, right, you're right. just like, I look horrifying, you know? <laughs> and that studio can be like that, you yeah. know? It, it can just do that to something you thought was of ease you know something that you thought very natural very easy and and then you know it takes its pictures um without that sort of forward profile that you thought you were looking at the whole time that right. you thought was reality and, and it can be tough you know so but this but, one was easier well i'll tell you what because we you know we we dealt with the mirror in rehearsal from every angle you know what I mean? We, oh. we, we dealt with the ears. We dealt with the sideburns. We dealt with the chin, you know, with the, the eyebrows, the neck, the back of the head, the top of the head. There were no surprises like, oh, no, I'm balding. You know, when you see the elevator mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know, you know, we know what the top of the head looks like because yeah. we took that time. And that's what I mean by uh, it being, you know, sort of fun and, and the confidence of, of just like, I know what I am all around. We know what this record is all around. Right. You know, what we have to do is the adjustments that we had to make were, um, you know, very easy. I mean, it, producers will tell you that, you know, or engineers before you go, you know, spend 500 or $1,000 a day in their studio, prepare, prepare, prepare. <laughs> because you are paying a lot of money. And if you come in here and you guys start talking about things for eight hours and trying to write music and work on songs and you've only, you know, it, it's, that's, that's really tricky. And um, 
sometimes not being prepared creates really cool off the cuff records and explosive moments of creativity. Um, but, you know, long story short, it, it, having sometimes, you know, that prepare, 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 creates a sense of confidence and execution that comes out the other side and you can hear it. The band is in control. They're in command and they're delivering mm. what, what they meant to say. You, you know, know, typically in, in creating an album, I would imagine that you have the luxury and benefit of being able to work the songs out live in front of people to gauge energetic reaction and feel it. And those songs have a chance to live and grow as part of the collective consciousness or whatever. And, and did you, you didn't have a chance to do that with these songs, did you? Yes, we did with these songs. I think one of the things that made it so strong is, you know, that's the ideal. And you hear about, you know, Neil Young or the dead or all these people that do that sometimes have songs in their repertoire live for a long time and then choose a time to record them or, you know, Oh, it didn't work that time. I'll record it this time. And, and they're really road tested. Um, And you don't always, you just don't always have that luxury, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is something that we wanted to do with these. It, It is something that I set out for us. I said, let's, let's write, let's arrange, let's rehearse and then let's book these tours and go and, and road test these things. So I think that's something that really accounts for it too, is when it comes to, instead of performing for live people, performing for the cold machine, as I call it, you know, the capture machine where you're, you know, no energy's coming back. You're just got to, you're just banging on a flat wall, you know? Um, in some of those cases we were, you know, on stage Saturday night, the night before getting off stage at one thirty in the morning and the next morning by 11 AM, we're recording those same songs, you know, so the, the, the sweat has barely dried from stage and, and we still know, knew just what that felt like to do it. You know, it's not a reimagining of, well, how do we add a little more energy or, you know, pretend that, you know, the audience is there as they will be with their headphones or their, you know, car stereo or whatever it is down the line. So, um, you know, I think that gave the album a lot of strength and energy and confidence too. Was that done by design? Like, you know, performing and then going right and recording? Yeah. I booked the, I booked the studio into the off time, you know, that, that instead of just trying to book up every little town, usually Henry, we, we book every day, you know, if, if possible, sometimes, more than one thing a day you know i think we did the most we did was like 21 shows in 18 days on the east coast or something and and it didn't wear us down at all because what we wanted to do was play music you know so um but the 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 enticement of recording you know on on um, you know sunday monday tuesday days that might be a little flat and be markets or something like that that was that was ideal it was just like cool we'll go in there we're hot and then head back out you know and resume tour on the other end of it so luckily tim green's studio out in grass valley was a perfect place to do that because you could route the west coast right through there and have those those stops and there's a few in southern california i'm sure a few in the pacific northwest you could do too right convenient for that kind of thing but it's definitely ideal you know that's awesome yeah. actually it makes so much sense because yeah, you carry that live yeah, that live still. vibe right on into the studio yeah 
Yeah, you really know. Yeah, it's like you guys said earlier, you really know, you know, just a few hours ago, you knew which spots you could hear the audience really, you know, oh, yeah, giving you applause or, you know, just feel the energy go up and you you know what was important, you know, and also maybe on the same tip, what to adjust. Like, has anyone noticed that there's, you know, a little dip, there's a little, hmm, you know, from the audience, this part, how do we adjust that? Now you can talk to the engineer producer and, try to figure those little things and make those micro adjustments. I, I never ever thought about the, the audience being co-creators of an album, an album before that's a fucking trip. Sure. Well, it's, it's a lot better to, to know what they react to before yeah. you record it and after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they we'll, hated it. We'll let's record it. Fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have been in bands that, that we, you know, I've never been in bands that did that very much that took the new songs and really road tested the hell out of them. Um, Parent Oblivion's done it a bit with the new material that we had for our second album and Alan Rain has, you know, we did it for this album. But I've had other bands where we wrote and recorded like a song that was just something that we thought was, you know, like one of our key, key tunes, you know, and, and then, you know, the audience is always pretty flat to it. And the, the label is kind of flat, like, okay, that's the filler song. And the, you know, the press is always kind of like, you know, this, uh, and we're like, wow, you know, all four of us just think this thing is like the bee's knees, you know? And I don't know. There's something to be said that it made it on because the four of us love it. Right. Yeah. But there's also something to be said with like, well, what do you think? You know, <laughs> I don't know why we're all in this state of <laughs> delusion together, but shall we? <laughs> Maybe it like feels good to play together, but not necessarily for everybody to hear it. And be on the ride. <laughs> right. Maybe there's, that's right. Maybe there's, there's something to it. And and even the song that I've got in my mind is like, I won't say what it, what it is, but um, <laughs> But it is true. There maybe there's things that are really fun to do to play, and that's like, wow, these are fun things to do. Every musician in this band is having a lot of fun playing this song because of its little challenges and tricks and these different things. And yet the audience is on the other side going like, yeah, I don't really need to, you know, you may be having fun, but your ear isn't having as much fun as your fingers and dexterity are, or whatever it is, you know. It's it's a audiences are a funny thing. Period. I mean, going to shows for as long as we have, I, I see how they move and ebb and flow. and But I've noticed a, a change since we've come back to having live music again. At least the shows that we've been to, like, people are a lot more attentive now. There's a lot less chatter mm. in the shows that we've been going to. Um, everybody's a lot more engaged and, uh, present. And, and I think that, I don't know, maybe it speaks to having something taken away and then getting it back. You know, that could be one thing, but. Or it's new again, you know, you start paying attention when something's new. But did I see that you, I, I hope this is right, that you, you just played your first show in like a long, long time, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you caught me right. What should be the middle? Well, it kind of is the middle of the of, of our first West Coast tour leading up to the the Dharma Wheel um, release, and uh, they're just they're they're 
October was so, so crazy booked. The fall was so booked, you know, uh-huh. that we ended up getting a couple of gigs right at the beginning and had some days off, um, which normally I would fill up with smaller towns and stuff like that. You know, I kind of I'd put together a fun network of different, you know, what they call B market towns, smaller towns where you go and do different kinds of, you know, shows all the way from whatever house parties to, you know, breweries to, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and, uh, and because I think, you know, COVID is still going and Delta is still, you know, running rampant that a lot of these smaller towns just hadn't got up and running. And my agent and I were talking to my contacts. He was talking to his, you know, minor underground. Like sometimes it'll be someone's like, yeah, I've got a farm and we put on these real family oriented shows or, you know, whatever it is. And he's talking to his promoters in some of these towns, Eugene, wherever it is. And, you know, a lot of the reports coming back as we, as we tried to fill in the, the, the missing days between what last, um, uh, last Thursday night and next Tuesday where we started again in Seattle, you know, things were, things were pretty grim. You know, my booker was saying, um, man, you know, some of the, a lot of the promoter contacts, they're, they're just AWOL. Right. You know, yeah. don't respond anymore. Who knows where they are in the world? Some yeah. of them may or may not even be with us or God knows what, you know, I mean, it just, it's like that with everything, right? People are yeah. for a couple of years. Some of these clubs will not reopen. Some of the promoters don't have enough clubs in these small towns to really be doing anything yet. And on my end, um, you know, the, some of the friends that I was contacting are like, Oh, sorry. It took a while. I just, you know, got a terrible case of COVID. I was in the hospital, whatever. So I was put my guitarist on it and, and uh, have him see if the, you know, brewery or wherever we usually have the inn, if they can, if they can get it together. And then a few days later, I'm sorry, my guitarist got COVID and now he's really sick and got pneumonia. I was like, Oh, this is just not good. You know, like this isn't, you kind of, and I talked to my booker and I was like, this just feels kind of gross that we're even, these guys are really, you know, these small towns are hurting and beyond the question of whether it's even a good idea for us to go there or not, they're just not in shape to be yeah, doing that. Right. Trying to, trying to do it. Even the <laughs> people I was talking to are getting sick. Oh. Well, so, um, you know, that is to say, uh, yeah, started with uh, Nevada city, Reno, and then some days off that we just didn't fill. I just said, you know, I'll fly home. Guys, go back to L.A. We're not going to keep pushing this. Yeah. yeah. No, that's I good think on that, you. That's classy. That, that's what that's what that is. That And that's also, Ethan, that's the um, benefit of experience right there. You know, it's you don't, you don't there, have to push it. Well, sometimes no. you do. And and the benefit is of experience is knowing when to take your foot off the fucking gas yeah. and it's OK. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 I, it, yeah, we, we're not even sure what this moment, is. I mean, I'm, I'm two days in yes to the first tour and, you know, since February of 2020, we wow. got off the East coast tour about, you know, whatever, eight days before the world shut down or something like that. It was already, you know, we were like, wow, something big is, you know, it's a big dark storm cloud right just on the, covering the whole horizon here as we finished up that East coast tour and us and sun watchers we were with, we're all sort of discussing, you know, and you kind of had that feeling like, all right, let's get home and get everything in before the rain here. Cause it's going <laughs> to yeah. be, be a flood, you know? And um, so I don't even know what this is yet. Even in my two days back, I've seen all kinds of 
things out there about the way the world is getting back to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which aspects of what I've seen are right or wrong. You know, it's, it's just so hard, yeah. dude. It, yeah, even, it's, it's so tough, man. Weird. It, I think that's been the most difficult part of all of this. It's like Apple said earlier, like we learn that we don't know anything anymore. And it, it truth has become so odd and subjective depending on where you look and and where you live and, too. And yeah. And like an example of what I'm talking about is, um, seeing comments on social media and, um, you know, thinking that things are one way and then going like Mel and I flew to Pennsylvania to see fish a couple of months ago. And it was like, nothing ever happened. It was the strangest perspective to like pick this dumbass thing up and see one thing and think that that's your reality and then go out into the world and see something else. But then like you're saying, there's small towns where, you know, they're struggling just to have a day. You know what I mean? So it's truth is based on where you're at at this point and who you talk to. And it's so hard. Well, there are different realities occurring. Like that's straight up. Some people are fine and they're living their life and other people are, like you said, sick, catching pneumonia in the hospital. And that's not everybody's reality. And I think that's what's so bizarre is that we're used to like kind of like one reality, one consensus, and it's not that anymore. It doesn't seem that. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard. It's we're past the point, you know, for, for a minute there when, when everything was in lockdown, you could still kind of quantify where things were coming from, what was happening, you know, yeah. Oh, this, you know, Republican party or this concert <laughs> here created a super spreader event and we can see it go out, you know, and infect other people in the Senate or in, in the music scene or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and now, you know, yeah, like the fish show, you know, there's no clocking what happened there. You know what I mean? It, it, it could have been a super spreader event. It could have been totally fine, you know, unless they're, I'm sure the CDC is not, they don't have the capability now that we're, you know, back at it, you know, yeah. out there on such a grand scale in every city and every town to some degree um, for better or for worse, you know, you, we're not clocking it. So it, it, what it means is we're getting on with it, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. for better or for worse, we don't, we don't really, yeah, know what that means for us to play a bar gig in Nevada City or Fish to play the stadium, you know, and or for the, you know, the Dodgers to, to fill up the place, even if everyone shows a Vax card. Well, how many people got infected with Delta? And what effect did that have on Los Angeles in the following sure. four months afterwards? Like, this stuff's all just back into some kind of, you know, giant swirl, Um and that's where we're left sort of wondering. <laughs> do you, do you it think is. that in, in, the, in this new landscape that we're in, prior to this, I saw the, the role of a musician or, you know, like a troubadour. You know what I mean? You, would, you come through and you sing to the people and you, you do your thing and we have this experience and it's wonderful and then you're on to the next show. And you, Do you think that when things are hot the way that they're hot right now that the the job of your job changes in any way because of what's going on and I don't mean how you how you um 
maneuver through tour and that I'm saying like the fundamental job that a musician does. Do you think that that changes when the climate is hot like this? Uh, you know, I think, you know, everybody's job changes when things are hot like this, you know, look at the people that stayed at, at, you know, and worked when everybody else went into, you know, their homes and locked in by directive of the, you know, of, of the, the U.S. government, you know, still the, uh, the healthcare providers and the supermarket clerks both all had to go in there and, you know, stick it out on the front lines the whole time and stuff. And, and, you know, the, the tone of, you know, probably the meaning of that and the tone of it changed, you know, as to what exactly that meant, because, you know, it might be easy to say, Oh, you know, supermarket clerk. Okay. You know, I see this person or that person, you know, hopefully they both do a good job, but when you see them every day out there in this risk situation like that, you know, um, you know, I thought they should have put, uh, you know, given some kind of government funding to supermarket clerks. Cause I was like, these people are not getting paid, you know, for the I'll, most. Part. I'll tell you that for a, a fact, Ethan, like Mel's a grocery clerk. Aaron was, Aaron was saying, does the jo- your job change? you know, well, fundamentally, no, my job didn't change. I'm bringing people up and bagging their groceries, but the heaviness, the fear, the uncertainty that was put on us, regardless whether they were trying to do it or not. It wasn't people trying to put their shit on us or trying to like, you know, hurt our feelings or it wasn't that it was the weight of the world was on everybody and it came on us. And then there's so much fear, you know, you couldn't get around it. Yeah, absolutely. You're the only you're the only public people that a lot of people are seeing. That would yeah. people they were would like unload on. Well, the thing is is that people would they're quarantining, right? Um like you said, you know, at the government makes you you're quarantined. So we're the only people. So they're like spitting out all their their fears, <laughs> you know, that they've seen or like all of their, you know, information that they have for the week and then they're gone. So we're getting this heavy ass shit like every five minutes you know in between orders and honestly just going home and like eyes swirly you know just like what the fuck do you how do you unpack that what do you do with that yeah because it's you know for some people it's really easy to just oh you know that's no big deal and i i do happen to be one of them i don't have to take people's stuff but this just happened to be particularly hard you know, it's like when, when you're, you know, somebody comes to see a show because, you know, they're celebrating, right? It's their anniversary. It's great. And so it's all good vibes. But then somebody's coming to the show. They just lost their dad. You know, they're, you know, they're in a certain kind of way. Maybe you're their favorite band and that's why they're there. The, it changes, you know, mm. it changes the energy. And that's really what I saw um, still during the pandemic and still is that it's changed the energy of the world that I work in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah, that was not, uh, I don't know. That's still a mystery to me. uh, Yeah, me too. I don't know how I'm I'm doing it. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just glad I never thought at my age, being 52 years old that I would be working in the legal cannabis industry, but then to have our governor and, and most States did it, they deemed us essential. It was oh, like, yeah. it was like cannabis is essential, especially right fucking now because everybody needs their medicine and everybody's going to be at home. 
and it was fantastic. But like Mel said, we suddenly became like the therapist, the bartender, like, like every, we became everything that everybody would normally get by going out to all these other stores and places and interacting. And their friends and family. Their out was getting to go to the grocery store to go get mm-hmm. their weed. Uh, the liquor stores stayed open. Yeah. You know, all the bars or anything club, but they made sure it was like, okay, people need their vices, uh, their you groceries. Have an, you have an upheaval on your hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We sold, <laughs> we sold more weed in 2020 than we did the four years like before it. Like it, it was just a, everybody had stimulus money, extra, extra income from uh, unemployment. So it was just, it was nuts. And there was days it was, like Mel was saying, there was days it was really hard. There were, you know, there were days where it was like a mask debate day. All of a sudden you had five customers that want to scream and yell. And, you know, that shit's hard to keep out. Mm-hmm. Of and your. It, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, whether you put up a fence or a gate or whatever, <laughs> it still gets through somewhat and you're affected by it. You don't, nobody wants everybody to be. We're affected by each other, period. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's people under pressure. I mean, look how, you know, once again, the, look how well and how terribly we've done. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right on, Ethan. <laughs> that sums up all Fuck of it. Yeah, man. <laughs> not this human. That's why I'm like, I'm like, this is not, you know, I, I don't know. We sh- Will we overcome everything? Like, well, you know what? I mean, like we do an amazing job of adaptation. And then also, you know, that just, we've got this, these, this part of our human thing is to just screw everything up. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Yeah, no shit, man. I mean, well, so, oh, I, I don't know. I, I know as human beings, well we think we're like, really amazing you know what i mean yeah. but it's sort of like what i don't know you that's know, called hubris right yeah isn't that what that is maybe you know maybe maybe it's just part of our like animal slash insect you know really when it when it comes to the hive thing you know it's just like we don't just become this transcendental you know these, these godlike beings on earth it's like we mm-hmm. We do kind of like do things like, uh oh, overpopulated, making bad decisions as a group. There's not enough to eat. There's what? Okay, now the yellow jackets population is dying off. Whatever. We're like that can never be humans. We can fly to the moon. We've got iPhones. You know, it's like, <laughs> like then when we when we're faced with our yellow jacket, you know, overpopulation moment, we're just like somehow, you know, a lot of a lot of ideas about how it should be done, and then we kind of just do like insects do and sort of do amazing things and, and also a path of inertia that just sort of takes us, you know, takes us down. And I don't know. No, I super appreciate you saying that because it gives me a little bit more um, understanding to just everything because you're right. Like we screw things up constantly, but we're also the ones that make it better. Well, we are also manifesting engines consciousness is an engine of manifestation that's what it does that's its thing and like we are all as a hive co-creating the reality that we're in right like depending on what you think and what you believe and i gotta think that like this moment in time that we're in right now is super precarious it's a we're in a weird spot, like you said earlier, Ethan, that we've never been in before. We don't fucking know. There's no guidebook for right now. This is, we're off the rails. Like 
Let's what's going to happen. And if we're co-creating this reality that we're all in. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I, it's, and I know that it's incumbent on me to have a, a positive outlook because if, if I want that future to materialize, that's what I've got to do. Not to, not to the detriment of like, um, fooling myself and not seeing what's really going on out there. But like, you know, I'm talking about like under the surface shit where I sit in my head with my own talk going on inside my skull. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to like try and put that out there that like, we are going to be okay. We are getting through this. It's going, the sun's coming out. This is just a storm. Right. I mean, or, or we're just assisting in the downfall. Otherwise it's it's both. (laughs) Is it not? I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's kind of what I was getting at is that, yeah, it's, it's a little overwhelming if it is the latter, you know, if we're on a track and, and it's not, going to be a positive outcome <laughs> no matter what we do at this point right. um, you know then then that is probably overwhelming for us you know too overwhelming for us to yeah so I, I think that's part of part of what you're saying is that no no matter what one of our capacities that is different than you know the, the ant the yellow jacket just simply does work does eat does you know protect the the hive or do this or that until it can't anymore and as humans Mm -hmm. we don't just that's just not our capacity because of what you said you know because of the you know our mentalities our our manifest you know how we manifest reality that we have to have a perspective at least as to the point that we're developed at now right um and and if that perspective is simply like, I'm just counting the days, it's over. Scientists said there is no turning back. You know what I mean? We got like a generation and a half before it's just a fireball or whatever. And then the fungi will take over again and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in another 2 million years, there might be people again or something. You know, it's like that, that isn't probably something that everybody on earth, you know, is going to be able to, or that will be able to do anything that isn't just pure chaos or <laughs> mass meltdown, you know? So I think having, you know, yeah, working towards things. The other thing is we do extraordinary things. I mean, this isn't, this is an old accomplishment, but it still blows my mind that humans have walked on the moon, you know, and that just a few decades before that, you know, it was more, you know, that that kind of, imagining that something like that might happen was just impossible. Yeah. You know, and that the, the impossible has been done many times and we, we move forward in such an exponential rate now. Um, is it possible that at some point 
you know, humans will have outlasted their, you know, their, their yellow jacket moment will happen and they, they've outlasted or, you know, outdone with their overpopulation what the earth could handle and were, were sort of sucked back in and, and you know, let the, let the fungus and the, and the uh, birds and whatnot have another go at it here. It is, but we, I mean, I think that is a possibility. It's just not something that we can really comprehend Right. Even yeah. that's a very natural thing when you look at the history of, of evolution, you look at the dinosaurs, how long they ruled the earth as the, the, the primo beings, you know. Um, but it's not something we can quite, you know, wrap our heads around. So, yeah, I think you got to keep um, keep positive, keep trying and remember that no matter how dark it looks, um, you know, yeah, that, that things are just... I we accomplish the impossible. That's, you know? that's and, uh, true, man. And 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 we don't know what next amazing thing is going to happen. We just no. don't. Like our walk on the moon moment could be two days from now, and this conversation is completely moot. You know what I mean? We yeah. don't. We don't. We got, we got scientists all over the world with brilliant minds working on solutions and other things of everything in life. Shit, aliens could show up tomorrow and be like, "Hey, here." Yeah, you know, we don't know. Wait, that, that brings me to <laughs> offbeat. I have an offbeat question because the insect thing, and then he was talking about aliens. Who designed the artwork for the album from the live <laughs> album last year? I freaking love it. The one with the alien, um, with the like the praying mantis and the in the it, ufo yeah that that's eric roper okay that just made me think about when we're talking insects he said alien i just picture that that artwork is amazing he's got the old cigarettes in the ashtray and the old dirty coffee cup so, so many good touches you so, know i wouldn't normally do this but because you um you're a thoughtful guy I'm gonna. I want to ask you a silly kind of a question that I wouldn't normally ask, but sure. Um. So the name of the album, yeah. Was first of all, first part of the question is: Was the album named prior to everything that's going on, or was did that come during all this? No, the the album was named last. The albums Mm -hmm. usually are named last. Like I got to kind of see what the whole novel is about, and then try to give it a good you know, a good, uh, good title. I, I, it's so good. It's, it's so fitting for this conversation and also for the time. And I, I, what, what made you land on it? I'm just, I personally just want to know. Uh, this, this is a tricky question. People have been asking me this quite a bit and I have really like meandering answers that never quite get there because it's kind of how these titles come to me. Like I, if you look at the Holland rain titles, you know, magnificent fiend, the Russian wilds, the alligator bride, the Dharma wheel they're you know, they're kind of, um, novelistic, Okay. type it sound more like something that might be um you know the dharma wheel was meant to be it could be like we even used the font so it looked like an old arthur c Clarke or robert heinlein you know sci-fi paperback kind of and they're meant to be that way it's it's mm. probably more of a classic you know sci 70s sci-fi novel title than it is a, a, a typical rock and roll you know album title um 
and that's that's kind of what I chase in these. Like I want each of these albums to be its own little world, its own little universe. And and to me, the album titles, like the, all these these different aspects of the record, still matter. I don't buy into like, well, it's just going on digital. Who cares? It's you know, that's um, even need an album title. Who cares about the song titles or the lyrics? Like, you know, the 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 song title is like it's the thing over the gate on the yes, entrance yeah. into this little universe. You know, yeah. it's a huge, you know, decorated deco thing into the Paris sub- subway. Um, and so I kind of finished the records and I get to this like, Oh shit moment. You know, where I'm like, I don't have a song, song title. I never have them. <laughs> it's time. I've held us off as long as I possibly could. It's mastered and tomorrow, like they're going to put the IFRCs on there or something. And I have to get this done because they're always a little like what I want is for them to be a little abstract. There's no Russian wilds song on the Russian wilds. You know, there's no, I'm searching for something that is, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it is like, you know, the bonfire of the vanities. Is there a bonfire in, in that book? <laughs> no. You know, the way writers, you know, the sun also rises, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not about the sun, you know, it's like, but you're looking for that title that's got that literary resonance where you kind of go, mm-hmm. ah, yeah, okay, you know, um, I could see myself winning the Pulitzer Prize and saying, thank you, the Dharma <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, but, so I'm always trying to come up with those kinds of slightly abstracted, uh, you know, names like that that also will house you know will encompass and house this this world um that's created musically and so with the dharma wheel uh you know i don't know i it did it did have there was things about you know we're coming through that those those really intense couple of years especially 2020 with the you know the the civic unrest and and just you know i think that this album may have even been named after the you know the, the capital riots on january 6th mm. and, you know basically attempted coup you know all this stuff was kind of the culmination of you know the american path the american truth you know how um it's just completely fluid, you know, from person to person, how it's built into our contemporary system in this country as to, for us to believe, for us to each proudly believe in our own set of truths. And, and at this yeah. point, facts even, right. <laughs> we don't even agree on that. You know, we can each say our own facts. That's just your facts, mister. Yeah, I have my own fact. Who's to say that we have to have the same ones? And at that point, it's like, well, we're in deep shit. You know what I mean? This is the breakdown, literally the breakdown of communication. And communication is literally the thing, the only thing that keeps us, you know, from just smashing each other over the head, you know, or cannibalizing each other out of, you know, dominance or whatever. So, um, you know, we're in big trouble. And and so that stuff was hanging around the back of my head, but also lighter things, you know, the, the name was a little elastic to me. I wanted it to be a little bit like a, like a sci-fi thing. I have a slightly, you know, kind of Robert Heinlein-esque religious overtones that are sort of, um, you know, 
pulled from their original meaning in the actual dimension, you know, in our actual reality and dimension, and then brought over into this world that we've created, this fictional world. And they still hold some of that resonance from our, you know, from our premier dimension, but they're, they're in a new dimension, you know, I'm kind of referencing like stranger in a strange land. Some of those Heinlein things where he does that he takes our, you know, our realities, religious, you know, touchstones and ideals and, and different things and then puts them into this science fiction, um, you know, fiction piece and lets them go and do other things and be resonant in other ways, you know, that still reflect back into this world, but also exist fully in this new space. And the, the title in the end, that was kind of, um, something that I felt, yeah, that really does that for me. You know, I don't feel like I'm just, um, you know, stealing or, or abusing someone's religious idea or something that that felt like, you know, even in its natural state that the Dharma wheel could um, be elastic enough to exist in both dimensions and still res resonate on both sides, you know? I'm so. really happy I asked. <laughs> yeah that was yes. exactly the kind of answer that, i was looking for man that's all right, yeah. i told you it doesn't really ever you're like what well, is there an answer in there, there <laughs> there's not really an answer no. but it's an explanation yeah, to your sense. yeah that's even better yeah a conversation about it not just yeah. not yet yeah, yes yeah I, I called it that because i love that name and i always said i was gonna have an <laughs> album named that and, <laughs> thanks fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's why I, I don't typically like i try not to do that when we're having conversations with people like especially thoughtful individuals. I, I try not to like, you know, what kind of bass strings do you use, bro? Nobody <laughs> cares, man. Like, who gives a shit? But, I like to think nothing's off limits, especially during the course of a conversation, because, like, you never know where you're going to get, you know? You, you never true. know how that's you're going to get yeah. there. You, yeah. should, you should always ask. Someone can always say, like, you know what, that's too stupid, or, or that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please yeah, then it'd be like, okay, sorry. On to the next thing. <laughs> next. No. Yeah, I'm not, or I'm not, you know, going to divulge. I'm not going to kiss and tell or whatever. But yeah, you never know when somebody, I mean, I I didn't know exactly where that title, exactly where it came from, you know, when you boil it down. So it's been kind of fun for me to like try to figure out the answer to that, you know, especially since I chose, I tried to chose something with multi resonance, multi meaning, something that looked different from different angles to different people, you know? Mm -hmm. it, well, yeah. And that's part of the fun of music is interpreting what titles mean and what lyrics yeah, mean and, and, and mystique, creating your own world from the song. And, yeah, and, and also even just kind of like interpreting your feeling that you get from the song mm -hmm. or from the album. Sometimes you look at the album and you're like, I want to hear that track because the name pops out and it, you know, maybe it's not your favorite song. Maybe it's the best song, but you never know what's going to grab somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and also I've, I've found this particularly with the Grateful Dead, like lyrics mean one thing to me at one time in my life and another time in my life, it's something completely different. It's a fluid, alive kind of songbook thing. And there's times when I found out what like Hunter intended when he wrote the lyrics and it ruined the song for me. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck, it's about a bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was about my soul and my journey through the universe. No, you know, it's, it's about, about a, a crack bell. and a bell. Yeah. So it, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think that it, 
like you guys were saying earlier that the that it's interesting when you're on tour that that the audience could be part of the could influence the writing right. and i strongly so strongly believe that you know you only want to go that, that you only have the right as as a you know musical artist or a novelist to finish the piece and put it out there and it isn't you know the whole thing just keeps going then the engagement with the thing that's where it really that's where it really happens, you know, that I, that musicians and writers don't make things for their closets. Mm, you know, yeah. if you write a book or a song and just put it away and no one else hears it to me that that's only, I mean, it's, it's almost nothingness. I and mean, maybe it meant something to you on a personal level, but it's not that engagement that, that, you know, that creates this, this ongoing thing, mm -hmm. you know, that, that it can be, uh, you know, it's, it's also another good lesson as to, to why to be very careful as to when to give away the source of a song or the so-called meaning of a song. Mm. Like Hunter didn't really have the right, in my opinion. Okay, you know, in some cases, like uh, to keep the dead thing, you know, the box of rain story is a very touching story. And those lyrics are abstract enough that it still means other things to me. And it's resonant and beautiful that these two men bonded over this while a third man that was the father of one of those men died, you know, and that there's something, you know, gorgeous about that trinity of compassion, you know, between males and, and the further compassion between, you know, the, the, the males and the grateful dead and, um, in, in a place where probably a lot of times it could just be a little overly <laughs> testosterone and a little light on compassion between them probably, you know, there's something beautifully resonant on the other hand, like you said, um, you know, you want to be careful not to find out that, you know, this super touching ballad that you played at your wedding was written about nine 11 or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> you you Metallica syndrome. Like we played at our wedding. It's about a suicide. You know, he's like, oh. man, Lars Ulrich is giving it away in the interview. He's like, yeah, it's like my teenage kid, like killed himself. You're like, Oh, oh dude, I played that at my wedding. <laughs> well, uh... it's like, it's wedding, man. Everybody, you know, that's, that's a, that's a first dance song. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Go, that's man. the beauty of, of rock and roll and music, though, man. That 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 fluid nature and and how it makes us all feel and like think and react and that's that's the whole thing right there. I mean, that's what made me love music is it it moved me. That's the thing. Like, if it doesn't move you, is I don't even know if that's art it is i mean just maybe not for you you know okay that's fair you know my you mom always said this ways. one thing that you know i didn't really get it till i got older but uh -oh. she would say you know you raise your kids your children not for yourself they're for somebody else and she would say that all the time and i just didn't get it but after now our our youngest child is 19 he's an adult and realize like yeah you really don't whatever you cultivate in your heart or whatever you put out there it's never really for yourself because the second somebody engages it it's their interpretation or it's about them now it's about their perspective it's no longer yours so if you're sharing something you've taken away the ability to say well that's what this is for no like actually the spoon 
I use it for my puppet's eyeball, not just for my cereal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's a real thing. That's why I said it. <laughs> that's a, yeah. I that, you did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, but yeah, it, it just, I was just thinking about that because you said it's, you know, you keep it in your closet. Like, you know, you make this amazing story or you, it's great, you know, soundtrack. And then it's like shelved in your closet, never to be seen, never to be heard, never to be interacted with. And you can't really do that if you're a true artist. You really do have to bring out sure, because the the interaction is part of the art. I I, I, th- I think so. I mean, uh, you know, is it is it possible? You know, look, nobody was buying Van Gogh paintings and stuff. Obviously, he you know those, those ended up you know in a closet before they ended up you know in in the history in the annals of history as some of the greatest art you know the planet's ever known so you know it defeats our argument a little bit that (laughs) well but 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 when we it's when we saw it now right like if they were thrown away never to be seen again and he meant and he meant it to be seen he meant you know that it didn't didn't just reflect his inner self and his vision it reflected an engagement you know a communal engagement you know i think i like that a communal engagement that's you're having a communal engagement here on Wednesday. Right? Yeah. You're playing Portland yeah. <laughs> Wednesday? Uh, yes, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. All right. right on. Mississippi Studios. Yeah. yeah it's going to be fun to go room, back there. man. That we were just there a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah. Saw Andy Frasco there. Yeah. It's a, it's a good spot, man. And, and uh, I look forward to seeing you, Ethan. And I appreciate you spending time with us, man. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you guys, too. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah it has. Oh. I was going to say, speaking of arts and artists, and she was just saying it, we, we, Aaron's got to take a picture and send oh, it shit. to you of the picture that Melanie, oh. <laughs> that Mel has drawn of you during this interview. It's fantastic. It's not fantastic. It's, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> this is, let, this is one let, to be put in the closet. <laughs> you'll let Ethan decide on it, dude. It's dope. It's, I it. It'll go on the, it'll go on the Instagram stories. <laughs> I'll send okay, I'll I'll a picture of it and send it to you. So she's got this little book and she like, well, just during how, the, cor- how would you explain what you do? Well, the, during the course of the conversation, it's sometimes, you know, you say really, amazing stuff that I, I love words. I'm into words. I've always been, you know, just, I love what they mean. I love how they're put together. And so lyrics are just important. And so when we speak to artists, sometimes just like on the fly, you guys will say something incredible and I can't like, I'll, I'll fixate on it. So I started to write it out so that I can pay attention (laughs) to what's going on. And over the course of it's kind of evolved into more just kind of like doodling, all kinds yeah, of doodling and, and, and writing things, or maybe I want to ask something, but we're in a good conversation. So I'll just write a little something to remind me, but it's been of all of our, um, you know, it's this, like a, this, it's, like it's, like a, it's log. a collage of the conversation yes. we just had. It's That's so a cool better way to put it. Does, man. It's a and better she, way to put she it. Has, and there's hundreds of them. She has several times brought up, like towards the end of the interview, like gone back and said, like repeated what an artist had said. And they're like, who the fuck said that? And they're like, you did at the beginning of this interview. And they're like, I did? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty fucking awesome. Well, you know, one, one artist comes to mind is Chris Pandolfi. And he, every word he said was like a gold nugget. I could, like, I was entranced by what he was saying because 
he was very methodical and just he spoke very eloquently and you know paused and i like just the art of conversation it was just amazing and and he said so many things and everybody does everybody it can be a silly thing from their childhood but it's like the way they said it and you know we're talking to artists it's not just you're not just an artist when you're on mississippi studio stage you're an artist that's what you are so just having normal conversations i feel like there's a a creation that's happening and i just you know tag them on on my little go back and and read through the book like later and whatnot or do oh i absolutely well because so like now with you you know our your episode's not going to come out immediately it'll be a couple weeks or whatever so when we do the intro for it i don't remember everything i'll just kind of go back and do a little bit and be remember you know stuff like so it does help and she reminds us of things yeah like we said this this remember this and And i use it to to write like the the show notes it's it's really it's I'm gonna send tool. you a picture, dude. It's it's really fucking cool what she does, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, we'll we'll see you next week, man. Right on. Yeah, man. enjoy enjoy it. That sounds nice. Enjoy your farmhouse in Humboldt. Hell that yeah. sounds a lot better than an apartment in Oakland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. I am. I am indeed. All right, you guys, take care. It's good to see you again. Right, you too, right, Ethan. Thanks take so care. much. Have a good night, man. Bye. What a sweet human being. Ethan is so... Thank you for sharing your time. And the best beard in the business. Best beard in the business. Aaron's really loving your beard, I'm jealous. (laughs) Ethan, you have such a cool... Like, he's just such a cool cat. And then you see him on... I mean, he just shreds it on stage when he gets into the solos. Ethan reminds me of, like... um, He's one of those guys that could have either been a rock star or a sociology, psychology professor. Like, yeah do you know it like could it easily was change one of those hat. Two, yeah could easily change hats like yeah. like oh i'm done jamming i'm gonna go uh let's go discuss kierkegaard and uh and Rumi, and <laughs> <laughs> you know but, but then also be a little bit of a sci-fi novelist thrown in there and hopefully yeah this will be out so dharma wheel is out now for all of you out there wondering it yeah. is now out it came oh, out it? on october on 8th, october 8th, oh that's on right your birthday uh so it is out on all the, uh, I was going to say social media platforms. It's out on all the streaming services. But when it's available, I would uh, suggest going and picking up a physical copy. Um, Hal and Rain does cool stuff with their vinyl. And uh, if you get the chance to pick up a copy of Dharma Wheel on vinyl, I would highly Support suggest it. that you do that. and. That is one way that you can directly support the artists that you love and help them eat. Mm -hmm. And have something really awesome and substantial that they've worked their asses off to produce. That's their piece of art. We've heard time and time again how expensive records are to make. And so having that, like, in your possession, it's a big, like, it's a big deal. They created this thing. What did Banshee Tree said? Uh, thirty thousand or thirty-five thousand. Seventy thousand views for thirty-two dollars. Okay, there it is. Or listens, on, not views. On listens. Spotify, thirty-two thousand listens. No, you said it wrong again. Huh? Seventy thousand listens for thirty-two dollars. Okay. Yeah, that's so. When you stream the music, if you streamed it seventy thousand times, you they would make thirty-two bucks. So instead of you having to stream it all those, bless Whoa. you, Apple. Ah, sorry. Instead of you having to stream it all those times, you could just buy the album 
and support them. And like Mel was saying, you, I mean, you just heard like Ethan is a very thoughtful guy, like I said, and they don't do anything for no reason. So when you receive a vinyl from them, the artwork is a fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. The they got awesome package right yeah. now too. You can get it's a, they have it's like a tie dye album. There's two different variants, and you can oh, order really? a package that's the <laughs> the hat with the Dharma wheel patch on it, and the shirt is badass. Like everything for this album, awesome. If you go over to is it Howlin Rain and check out the merch, it's on their on their website. Yeah, yep, it's on their website. It links to the merch tab opens up another. I'll I'll put a link to to Howlin' Rain's website in the show notes for you, so you can just go to um, nosimpleroad dot com and it'll be there, and uh, or you can click on it in the show notes in your podcast app and go check out what we're talking about. But yeah, um, Ethan, thanks again for hanging out with us, and and all of you that hung in there to now, thanks. Darwin T. I don't have a choice. Yeah, you don't. Hey, no, no simple road family. We're back with more stuff and, and things. Stuff, Ethan. And stuff. You are a gentleman and a scholar, and I say that with all sincerity and no tongue in cheek. You are both of those things, and an amazing musician. And thank you for spending time with us. We are uh, really grateful to have you as part of our no simple road family, man. And uh, can't wait to. See what you do in the future, and I hope everybody out there goes and checks out the Dharma Wheel, because it's worth it. Yep. It is definitely worth it. So So I have something to say about the Dharma Wheel. What? Synchronicity is a huge um, language in my life, and it has been for some time. But I was, um, we were talking about the little drawings that I make. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was looking through. Um, my journal and I found Ethan and today happens to be, gosh, I have a little froggy in my throat. It keeps going. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> there it is again. Okay. But anyway, um, anyway, today is November 7th, mm-hmm. 2021. And we are interviewing Ethan Miller, which we did back in October of 2021. Mm-hmm. And the page next to Ethan was November 8th. Of 2020. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. And it says happy birthday month, Aaron. Oh. And so I just thought that it was very strange that it's one day to the almost one day to the year and it's Ethan and he's. And we are spinning on the Dharma wheel. Yes. That's that's what the synchronicity was, was the Dharma wheel. Can you explain that to the folks out there? What is the Dharma wheel? Well, (laughs) I don't, I mean, that's like a a life's work to explain what Dharma means and the wheel. But I mean, it's just, it's, it's a way of life that's ongoing. It's the progression of life after life, isn't it? Isn't it reincarnation over and over again? Isn't that the Dharma wheel? (laughs) But that's that's like, that's how I understood it. Okay. I could be wrong. But that's what I'm saying. It's in, like interpretation. Oh. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like you give somebody those words or this phrase and then they digest it and understand it on the, their self. But that's what I, I meant about the synchronicities. It's like um, to how I relate it in my head. It's like how these things are coming at me and how I'm digesting them and how they continue to work in my life. Like as like 
this wheel of knowledge. Mm. Sometimes I know things and sometimes I don't, but it's, it's like kind of that wheel keeps on turning and, and somehow or another, I'm always where I should be. Okay. Not to get too like heady. (laughs) We already started, but, but like, (laughs) is it really possible to not be where you're supposed to be? Yeah, maybe it's not. How? You wouldn't be there if you're not supposed to be. What if you got snatched up? Then you were supposed to be snatched up. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Like, of course I get what you're like. <clears throat> no matter what the thing is, you're supposed to be doing that's it at the time. Part of otherwise. your path, or it wouldn't be happening. Or, or is that the whole like timeline theory where there's like infinite multiverses that spread out from each moment because of all the choices that you can make and things that can happen but and that eventualities and they're all happening simultaneously and you happen to just be conscious of this one. Yeah. I mean, it, that is true. Cause think about it. We could like, I'm thinking of like back in the day when we used to fight and storm out from each other. I never did that. Oh, me either. But hypothetically, mm-hmm. if that, Allegedly. if that were to have happened, <laughs> like, you know, you could have like went out the front door. You could have like, stayed in the apartment you could have left and came back you could do you know what i'm saying like there's so many options that happened and so that's what it is in life and i feel like synchronicity is almost like the breadcrumbs you give yourself to let you know that you've been here or to pay attention here or you know look at your surroundings pause it's a moment that needs to be recognized or an or an, an whatever the thing is, if it's a moment or an experience or an opportunity or a it could it also be like dot 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 the universe trying to give you signs and point like like road signs, you know, five miles this way, yeah, or right but what turn if you're ahead. The universe? Huh? What if you're the universe? Well, we I mean, in the grand scheme of things, at least in my mind, we are like we are. I don't know. The Beatles said it. We are all and all. I don't know. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like you are everything anyway. And I know your perception of being separate uh, than separate from is only perception. Well, perception, you can change that and say awareness. Like the separateness, it's just an awareness that you are an individual, but you're not only that it's an aspect of you. I, I don't know. I, I've, I think that many of the people listening to the show that have taken psychedelics have had an experience one time or another on psychedelics where that separateness goes away and you realize that you're not, you're not separate. It's all one thing and you're, the only reason you feel like you're yourself is only because how you see things. Well, because it's temporary. Feelings are temporary. And I believe that about knowledge too. Think about how many things in your life you've learned and how many have you forgotten? I don't know what. Exactly. (laughs) It's infinite. You can't even count the number of things that you've already forgotten, but you know, knew it. And so back to the Dharma wheel and the breadcrumbs, these synchronicities, you leave yourself 
to be like, oh my God, I remember that building. I remember that feeling. I remember that person. I remember that time, that music made, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what, I, I don't know. That's what like Ethan and the Dharma wheel and my journal and all that has to do with everything. Everything. Wow. I mean, we, we wasted no time this week. We got, we went right into the pool. We didn't even like, I'm normally like, takes me 45 minutes to get in the water. Well, we just gave them (laughs) a really long intro before this amazing interview. And now we're doing an outro. So I think that they've already, we've, we've warmed them up. You want to talk about high strangeness and synchronicity and breadcrumbs? We're recording on Sunday night on the 7th. Of November, is that yes. what this is? Yes. And it's eight eighteen p.m. right now, right? At this time last week, the fish Halloween show was just starting. You were just coming back to the seats with, with your new poster. T-shirt poster. At this minute, like right now. Wow. I wow. Check that out. That's a trip. Yeah. We went and saw fish in Vegas and (laughs) holy smokes, folks. (laughs) So leading up to the Halloween shows, the fish Halloween shows was much ado and speculation and uh, breadcrumbs and hints (laughs) and um, lots of breadcrumbs. And it was lots of guesses. It was all red herring. The whole, except... On, was it Saturday night when Fish played, they did Harpua and Trey tells the story in Harpua and the story that he told that Saturday night, he gave away the entire Halloween gag that they were going to do without giving it away at all. He said exactly what they were going to do and no one was the wiser. And then also talked about how much he loves fucking with everybody. (laughs) It's the first time I've ever out of all those raps heard him say that he was fucking with us. Like literally said, I, this is me fucking with you. It or, was, or is it, or, or is yeah, it not? Or is it not? Huh? Don't know. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> we hope you have a good time. Um, so for those of you that don't know, and if you don't, I don't know how you don't, but on Halloween fish has a tradition of playing a cover album, um, a costume, bo- set. yeah, musical costume, a third set, a second set, and then they do a third set of their own music. But and everybody tries to figure out what it's going to be. And you know they they did a David Bowie album, they did what Fleetwood Mac and a few others. And last year, or not last year, twenty nineteen, they made up a fake Norwegian pop band and sang their songs. They did Disney's Haunted House. Yeah. That's one of my The Haunted Mansion. This year, they created their own full-length comic book with them as the superheroes. Um, And the story in the comic book was an entire new Fish album that they performed on Halloween night. And uh, let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of shit in my life. I've seen... Tons of concerts. I've seen Kiss live. I I've seen Ted Nugent play. I seen the Grateful Dead. I've seen the great Tool, like the greatest rock and roll spectacles out there. This was 
on par with any of them. It was so much fun. It it was totally mind blowing, totally <laughs> fucking groovy, funny as shit. Those guys are the biggest fucking nerds I've ever met, and I love them so much. And it was super fun being there with you guys, man. It was um, it was a really special moment for the three of us. I think it was it was a a high point for the No Simple Road crew and. It was, it was, well, it's just fantastic going because we're all from Vegas. So going back to Vegas, the, the, this part of it for me, this is the first time in five years of living up here and going back there. I, I, I felt like Aaron said, he goes, this is where we're from, but Portland's home. And it felt, I felt like a tourist. I was super yeah. jazzed to be in Vegas. Aaron is the best travel agent ever. He booked us these yes, rooms at the is. Signature Towers at the MGM, which was just the dopest spot. All we had to do is go down the elevator, walk down a super long, fun hallway where we ran <laughs> into so many people that we know, and Magic right hallway. into the venue. It was amazing. It really was amazing. Like it, it could not have been any better n- at all. And we've, even if we would have stayed at say like the Encore and a suite. It wouldn't have been as convenient and fantastic mm-hmm. as it was staying at the signature suite. Yeah, it was, walking it was, right yep. into it. It, it, just, it was I amazing. Mean, I have never stayed in a hotel. Well, this wasn't a hotel room. This was a okay, condo, like, Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. But I've never stayed in a high rise like hotel that was this quiet with an entire fish concert at it, like <laughs> packed into it, these places. Yeah. It, Mel and I were sleeping on Sunday, well, Sunday morning, and I was thinking to myself, holy shit, you couldn't, you could hear a pin drop. It was, and we were a couple miles from the airport. When we, we, when we first opened the windows, I was like, the fucking airport's right there. Like you're going to not a peep. And then to top it off too, who was there to visit? (gasps) Jasper. Jasper. Aaron came over that the, the day, the day after. Was it? Yeah, it was the day after. You're like, you can't hear Jasper, and I was like, no. He was over there, you know, just playing and being loud. I didn't hear a freaking peep in like my a room. Sweetheart angel. Oh my god, <clears throat> Jasper gets better with age. He's <laughs> so damn funny. <laughs> he is a riot. He's. I don't even know the words. I'm so in love with this baby. Um, I cannot wait to see him on his birthday and just celebrate with him. And he's so magical he made everything better say what you will about me as a grandpa going to going to see wait a minute let me finish going to going to see fish (laughs) and being spun the next day and being with my grandson spun is one of my favorite memories in life right now like he his energy and his face and hanging out with him when I was elevated was so much fun and so cool. Like he is such a like bright, radiant human being. Like there's just nothing but light coming off of that kid. And, and super, t- he's just a fun time constantly. Yeah. And too. he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I got to tell you when we were at breakfast, I got to share that moment with Jasper too. This is the day after the Halloween show. 
and we go with our good friend Tommy from Colorado. Mm, we to, love you, Tommy. To what we call it that day, it was brunch. Brunch. It was, it was our like overpriced brunch, lunch. lunch. Yeah, overpriced. Like, uh, you don't go to Vegas to save lunch. money. <laughs> but we're sitting there, and Mel and Sydney are across from me with Jasper between them. I'm sitting next to Adam, and he disappears under the table, Jasper, and pops up between me and Adam. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's magic. And he looks at me with like the straightest face and goes, it's not magic. It's for real. I'm I'm here. L- like looked at me like like you dumb you dumb. Like, like, it, it is not. I I am here. It's real. And it was the cutest thing. And they kept doing it. And mm. it's just so fun. That added to the magical. Yeah. Yes, it did. And seeing Michelle Pietrafetta oh, from Banshee Tree. Michelle. Oh, and Michelle. seeing Annabelle and Jason Gershany. And Jason. just who all those oh people, God. including Tommy, we ran into in the magical hallway of dreams. Yeah. It Tommy was... was dressed as a banana and his girlfriend was a monkey. We we like walked by him and noticed the costumes. And then, yep. Tom, then also the banana yells, Apple, Mel. <laughs> and, and hey, Annabelle, just so you know, I know you were the Riddler. Yeah. So I knew you were the Riddler we knew too. You were the Riddler. What's up? What was that? That was the funniest noise. Something. That was weird. Anyway, yeah, man, it Fish Vegas lived up to its hype, and you know, it's how about this started what the Brooklyn Bowl. That's what I was just gonna say. It all started with we we landed, we went and got a rent a car, went and had lunch with my mom or lunch with my mom, (laughs) and then (laughs) hightailed it to the Brooklyn Bowl to sit in with. Our Osiris Media family, the Helping Friendly podcast, we podcasted with them from the bar at the Brooklyn Bowl live. While the kitchen dwellers were warming up in the background, getting ready to take the stage. Yeah, man, that that's how you start that a was... trip. Like, And that show is, Helping Friendly podcast is a big deal, man, in the fish community. And... It's an honor to have been on that show. Absolutely. Just the way RJ welcomed us in. The uh, Drew, meeting Drew outside, walking in with him, talking to his beautiful wife who was retired. and Meeting Jonathan finally from Broke finally Down Podcast. Finally meeting Jonathan Jonathan's and, so and sweet, connecting. Funny. With, and it was a beautiful time. I'll remember it forever. Mm-hmm. You know? And one of the things that sticks out in my head the most from that night is I I think it was right after the sci-fi soldier set we I look over next to Apple and Jonathan's just sitting there smiling at me he just popped up out of the crowd came and hung out with us and danced for a little while and then he gets ready to split and I turn to my turn to my right and Who's standing next to us? Lo and behold, it's RJ (laughs) hanging out right there. And I'm dancing over here. I turn to my right and I just, the energy like, you know, even if you have your eyes closed, somebody dancing next to you or you just feel the energy change. Next thing you know, I feel this like high energy and like, you know, if somebody's like waving their arms around on the side, it's like on your peripheral. So I open my eyes and it's freaking RJ jumping up dancing his smile from ear to ear just looking like jovial that was the word he jovial he looked not even childlike he looked like he was in his element yeah man yes that's what's fun about 
seeing him in our in our element, getting to hang out with people in our element like that. Yes, and it was one. Different. It was actually my favorite part of the weekend. Like one of my favorite parts of the entire weekend. And I'll say I'll, yes, agreed, hundred percent. It's just being over there, smiling, reaching over, giving him a hug, and just the camaraderie mm-hmm. and like linking up like brother and sister and brother and brother and like just family fish family like the whole thing and you know man like somebody that we've been doing business with in business with for that long we've never been to a show together we didn't know each other like that and him and i had the best time like bonding during lonely trip Mm. and talking you know and and that song just basically said it all and he gave us the best compliment i think the highest compliment we could have possibly gotten from anybody was him you know he said and this this is fucking rj from osiris man like this guy's been around he's done some shit and he was like you know aaron out of the four-day run of Fish in Vegas, the highlight was dancing with you guys on the last night. Mm. <laughs> Me Damn. too, RJ. Me freaking too. It was, it was magic. Like, that's plain and simple. It was magic. We were feeling it. It was beautiful inside the venue. It was super hot and very crampy. But for that, those moments when RJ was there, it didn't feel like that. It felt spacious and and like that's true there was some airflow and like it felt like we were on a boat listening to lonely trip like I'd say when him and jonathan both came up there was room for them when there weird? wasn't before there was room i for them. i, I elbowed it, the poor girl in the <laughs> eye next to me that was sitting down in front of me in the back of the head like 60 times yeah and when and that, i didn't Mel abuse said any of my neighbors in the beginning <laughs> that it, it was so fun going into the show seeing everybody so excited in their costumes but like she said all i gotta say mgm you can afford to turn the acs up man pump that shit it was hot and stuffy i had my santa suit on mel was a pirate wench aaron was a pirate those costumes lasted about a minute 10 minutes after we got in there same with a lot of other people. You just had to take the costume off because you wanted to groove. And My, But it was I, so I, fun going in in costume. I was there. I had yeah. so many people want to take their pictures. Like, Santa, can I get a picture? I remember the guy, the guy's girlfriend came up, took a picture, and he was dressed as a cow mm-hmm. with, 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 the, with the udder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, I, he's like, dude, it'd be cool if I took a picture, too. I was like, I would be utterly upset yeah, if you did it. And everybody, like, I mean, going into a fish, it's so, everybody's all witty and, Poking jabs and having fun. When the first drop of sweat went down my brow, I was like, it might get too hot to wear this pirate jacket. And then the chemicals started kicking in and I was like, yeah, this fucking costume's gone. We knew you were going to take it off. We like planned it already. (laughs) It was was already a plan. I'm glad you guys had a plan for me. You knew, you knew it too. You, you were before the show even started, Mel was like, I'm going to buy a fucking t-shirt. It's too hot in here. Look, I can't handle the it. The line was out the door around the corner, literally. And I knew that I could not dance freely with that fucking corset on. I mean, it was cute. And I put a lot of energy into that. And me and Aaron made a super sweet dope patch. 
but I needed to get the fuck out of that outfit. I mean, you put you put equal energy into changing your say. costume and putting that patch on your new fish shirt. Well, so you guys have to picture this. Lights lights go down. Mel comes right as the first note is being struck. I had a whole adventure in that line by myself because it took a lot for me. I was wearing high heels. My poop, my boobs were like so <laughs> underneath my chin. Like I was running and it's like trying to weave in and out. And it's like all these people in their groups taking pictures. And I'm trying not to be like. It was while holding a poster that wasn't rolled well, up. I'm talking about just getting to the line. Oh, okay, getting to the line, not getting got, back. She hadn't got shit. I hadn't got oh, shit. shit yet. Okay. And what I didn't know, like a freaking rookie. What? Yes, thank you. Like a rookie. I if I would have run ran the other way, all I would have I would have been immediately at the line. But I went around the entire oh shit. circle to get to the end i didn't realize how close we were to the front of the so okay that was no so Mel disappears as a, you know like 15 20 minutes before the show's supposed to start tick tock show's getting ready to start i'm like where the fuck is mel she's gonna miss the beginning of the show i felt you and i texted it, you. i know i saw the text <laughs> he, he was getting very anxious and, and i'm and Lights go down. First note gets struck. I'm like, fuck it. I guess she's not going to make it. And boop, here comes Mel. Yeah. So I need you guys to picture this. Grabbed a poster and the Las Vegas tee. The Mel, last one. Mel is wearing small. this corset <laughs> and a skirt and heels, boots, high heel boots. Lights go down. Everybody's losing their fucking mind. MGM Grand Garden Arena sold out. Fish Halloween night. Everybody stands up. Mel sits down. Oh, yeah. Off comes the corset. On goes the T-shirt. I don't need, without anybody seeing anything, there's a patch. Safety <laughs> I am, pin. okay, first of Wait all. a minute, wait a minute. Okay. There's a patch, safety pin to the back of the corset, right? Like 20 safety pins in a square around the back Nine. of this patch. Okay. Nine. Sorry. Aaron Levin off. <laughs> I'm just giving them the Magically, right idea. at some point during... Taking the corset off, putting on the t-shirt, tying it in a knot. The patch was safety pinned to the back of the shirt somehow. You guys, sit down, everybody out there. (laughs) (laughs) I had this tight corset. It had about like 25 um, hook, very tiny little bra hooks right in the front. So I had to, I I put the t-shirt on and I undid the corset underneath my t-shirt. And then I put one arm into my t-shirt like I was going to take it off and took my, uh, unhooked my corset sleeve and then put my arm back through and then repeat it on the other side. All while coming on to enough I was, chemicals to drop very a horse true. into a well. <laughs> that's very true. And so, and then I, I slipped that off. I turned my t-shirt backwards and I undid every single safety pin from the corset in the dark in the dark from the patch yeah this safety pin so I got a few little sticks on my fingers so what anyway so I took that off and then I had my shirt on backwards so I safety pinned it to the front of my backwards shirt and then that when part I was done I, that safety- part I witnessed you encouraged me to because I you're like you need to get rid of the Santa pants because I was wearing them over Levi and that's when I said I was like okay if she can do that I can get these fucking <laughs> stupid pants off. So here I am, twisted my shirt around, tied it in a knot, sat down and realized, hell no, these pantyhose can't stay on. So I took my, I had shorts on underneath. 
took my shorts off, took my pantyhose off. <laughs> Wait, I had to take off. I unzipped each one of my the high boots. heel boots that were up to my knees, took those off and took every all the pantyhose, all the shorts off, put the shorts back on. So you put gotta- my boots back on. Then I took it was one of those skirts that was long in the back and short, and short in, the in the front. I took the back of the skirt and tucked it into the front and created shorts. So out of lace, this, lacy shorts with my boots and my new t-shirt. And I was ready to dance. Check I was ready out. for fish after that. So you got to <laughs> think about this from Aaron's perspective. Okay. Mel pops up like a fucking bouncing bunny with all this shit, new t-shirt poster fish getting started. Posters not even rolled up because the fresh was the, the ink was so fresh. Right. I told true. her not to roll it yet. I was running with the poster like a kite. It was like through the crowd, trying not to smear it. One, hit anybody. Two, smear it. Three, drop it. Four, try to find where I am. Like, where the fuck am I? So Mel pops up. We're all coming on hard. But not me. I, I see I, her. Well, I see yet. her. <laughs> she sits down next to me and starts disrobing. I turn around to dance to fish for like eight seconds. Turn back around. She's got a different costume on. <laughs> I was like, what, what the fuck just happened? Like, bling, bling, bling. like what happened? It was, it was the, it, that was almost as good as fish disappearing off the stage. <laughs> well, then it was hilarious too. Cause then the whole night there's a, there's a pile of Santa clothes and two pirate costumes, oh. like all wadded <laughs> up and it kept falling on the ground. I still have to, I got to get uh Santa's suit dry clean because it laid oh on the ground gosh. at the MGM, which was a sticky floor. That was, it was it was pretty impressive, if I do say so myself. I have lots of practice of having to dress quickly because I used to do those um, promo things, like mm. be, with the promo model, the yeah. convention center. We would have to like change our outfits or go and run into the bathroom, like, and yeah. And so I would have to just lock, you know, really quick. But that was an experience. It was like part of my show, and I was. It was fish Las Vegas. It was dope. I, that, it was. It was probably one of the happiest faces I've seen Mel have in twenty three years of knowing you. <laughs> when you got done and you had your skirt, when you had the whole thing all put back together, you're just sitting there. You're just laid, sitting back in the chair, like, yeah, <laughs> now it's fucking go time. It's on, <laughs> bitches. Like now I'm comfortable, and yeah. you did. You looked so comfortable at, at I that even, point. I had my pirate, like, kind of like. You know, like bandana. the bandana around my head. I even turned that around so I could have the hair off of my neck and tied it in the front, kind of like, you know, the old school, like greasers, mm-hmm. you know. And then I can't, if I knew the set list, I would remember what song I finished. But then it was like ready. It was like Trey gave me one song to get ready. <laughs> and because I was Roses like, are free. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. They started with Buried Alive, went into Roses Are Free, and then they went into a 26-minute ghost. That's when I really was done, That when ghost so started. So it took you about eight minutes to yeah. get straightened out because yep. it was three-minute, three-and-a-half-minute yes. song and a five-minute song. It was song. ghost. Aaron took no time to get straightened out. You were dancing from the first note, and I don't think stop. I didn't stop. I could I could have done a fourth just, set. And that three-set, what was it? It, would, it was from... 818 till after one after one in the morning in the morning yeah okay, let's do it again i'm i'm ready right now let's go it was that was an amazing experience 
I can't even just say the show. I, I think the entire experience of, again, those synchronicities, meet, seeing Michelle and Jason and Tommy in that hallway and Annabelle and having Jasper there and going to lunch with your mom and your sister and Ryder happened to be in town too. And it was... Uh, and yeah, family was had. I got to see my dad and my nephew. We cooked a great meal together and had some fun. And, you know, there, there's a lot of fish and Grateful Dead communities are, are notorious for being fantastic critics. And there's a lot of criticism for this year's fish musical costume. But I'll say this. You, Is you, it a criticism or an opinion? It's, it's criticism and opinions okay. and whatever. Those that's fine. But it's like trying to explain to somebody that never went to a dead show or a fish show what fish or the dead is like. You you needed to be there, first of all. It, this was, they took us on a fucking ride. And there were moments in the sci-fi soldier set where I was so high and the music was so fucking intense and different than what we know from them that I had to remind myself a couple of times that I've done this before. Like I, I had to, I had to literally like sit myself down and go, you're okay. Everything's cool. You know that you're going to come out the other side of this. You're just really high right now. And it wasn't because any, any of the, like there was nothing happening around me. It was all the music causing the, yeah. the upheaval. There was a, a couple of songs in the set that I want to call out. The, the first one was the clear your mind um song that was so fucking awesome like if you go back and listen if you have the live fish app and you go back and listen to this this whole sci-fi soldier thing is a lesson in how to get down how to get more down and uh it it really Mm -hmm. is a instruction manual on how to fucking boogie to your fullest and um that's when I started like realizing what they were doing. I was like, Oh shit, this is like, we're having a teachable moment here in fish. Well, the genius of what they did, this is what made me buy the poster. When we got those comic books and Mm -hmm. I, before I decided I was going to get a t-shirt or did, yeah, before, yeah, before, um, I was reading the comic book. It was, ingenious that they were putting this information into our head if you chose to read it that is and then by second set it was digested and we're now singing along to a brand new song that we've never heard but we because we read it on that comic book it was the ultimate participation from them to us and us to them yeah and it so they you know this clear your mind you go through the the lesson of clear your mind, you reach the ninth cube and the inner reaches of the outer. And then they, they go into don't doubt me. And that was when things That's started so getting awesome. fucking weird. And then my favorite song in that set was the unwinding. Mm. And it was like, everything had been so intense during that part of the set. I had those moments where I had to sit myself down and then they started singing the unwinding and it was like they were letting me reel myself back out. It was an, it un, felt, an actual unwinding. Yeah, I was actually yes. unwinding. It felt like like a warm shower mm-hmm. 
with just enough pressure, not too hard, just kind of enough like soothing. If that's what it reminded, like it made me feel, felt like relaxed and soothed and rocked and. I that build up to before the the unwinding too. I remember that I was saying it to the other night to you guys. There's a point I don't know if you remember the movie Logan's Run. Yeah, where they all went into that like. It was the dome thing where they went and they were like floating. Yeah. That's how I felt. I only envisioned that. I had well envisioned it with my eyes closed and then glanced at the stage when I felt like I was off the ground and floating and like watching this sci-fi thing happen in front of me. Wow. It like took me into like memories of childhood. I felt like a kid. It was Halloween. This what was going on like made me feel so youthful and just like age, time, nothing fucking existed yeah you except were, for what was happening there and i was levitating and wow. floating you're in the year 4068 that's why and then they ended this thing with i'm in miami and <laughs> after all that intense like you know you're being downloaded by fish and then the four of them walk up to the mics with an acoustic guitar and sing some silly ass shit acapella, acapella awesomeness that just like brought levity back into the moment you know it reminded me of what uh to potent like when you know doing the um during massage you have to tell them what to potent is they don't know a finger tapping you know so like um when you get a massage or a facial um you know it's like the 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 pads of your fingers um doing like a wave-like motion on a certain surface and it kind of like perks things up wakes things up brings circulation it feels kind of cute like little kitties like pressing on your face um <laughs> that okay that does sound cute right little kitties tapping like little, on your face their little pads their suit well not with their nails but you know they're just little pinky pads um but anyway this experience of um fish halloween i had like all these experiences um one of them was feeling like i was like part of the fish family for real. And that happened at the Brooklyn bowl with drew and RJ and Jonathan and everybody else that was there. Who was it? Matt and Brian. Okay. Matt and Brian. Sorry guys. Um, but like they're talking about these experiences. Like Jonathan was talking about experience from like 94 and 97 and 94 and 97 I was nowhere near we got that. married in 97 yeah nowhere near that scene it wasn't in my radar and so all these guys that have been into this for so long and here I am like you know a few years deep and I'm we're speaking the same language and I'm understanding and now I'm even interested where and bef- you're on the stage I'm on the stage I'm all like part of it that's what I'm saying that I was not only accepted I was like part of it and it was a realization for me and talking to RJ and letting him know that what he's doing is not just for himself like we're he's feeding all these huge people or the huge people these people with this huge tree that he's built <laughs> what was that? That was huge people. <laughs> okay, huge, I was like, what? huge trees feeding all these people with this huge tree that he's built is what I was trying to say, meant to say, and 
there was like some really awesome moments of like realization that I had. And that was even before we went to the show. We hadn't even gotten to the show yet. Mm-hmm. Being back in Vegas and being with our kids and having breakfast with your mom. It was like something familiar, but it was brand new. It was like the new version of it, the new generation. It's like, the new version of the old scene. It's Yeah, like like we are our parents and then Sydney and Simon and, you know, they are us. And Jasper's like, our, like it just kind of tripped me out. All of these like beginnings and endings is what I was feeling. Yeah. Lots of like, you know. And it was the end of tour. It was the the last show of tour, you know, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of feelings around Vegas. So what's the the lesson we learned this tour? The lesson we learned is always book the full tour. Right. Book the run. Book the run. Always book the run. run. Okay. All right. (laughs) Oh, what I learned from it is to wear the most minimal costume possible. I said, (laughs) next show, I'm going to gold member. <laughs> with the night with the nice gold sparkly banana hammock and that's I'm going about as it. Greg Luganus. Yeah, yeah, like a, a swimmer or Speedo something. And a head yeah, cap. you want to be very oh, light man. on the costume and be comfortable and ready to boogie. Man, you know, it, there's a lot of feeling I, I I don't we've never talked about this as a as a group. Like having done what do we end up doing? Do we do 12 shows or 8 shows? I I think it was eight, but okay. you know, yeah, because I did six. Okay, yeah, it was eight. I, yeah, I didn't go to Hershey or. But you didn't also go to San, San Francisco. Francisco. It might be Hershey nine. and San Francisco. Anyway, we went to we three did shows. the amount of shows we did. Um, <laughs> more a, after having doing more than <laughs> one show, um, and like going through summer and fall tour and having a lot of the shows be out here on the West Coast and a bunch of the Pacific Northwest. When tour ended, it was bittersweet. I was really grateful that we got the opportunity to do all the shows that we got to do this year and to get to know Fish as deeper than we already did. But it was a little bit sad, too, like that it was an ending. You know what I mean? Like, no, I know what you mean, but. I felt satisfied. I felt. I was yeah. satisfied. I, I totally. And every ending's a new beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like that. I don't. I don't uh-uh. get sad after something happy happens. I don't. I like to keep. Like it's like sucking on a Jolly Rancher or biting it and eating it right yeah, away. You know, I always bite that. Exactly. Shit. <laughs> and then you're sad one. that you over. That you, mine's been in there for like a half an hour. I'm still got that juice and I'm like excited like, about it. Let me get it. some of yours. You're like, no, no. I like to savor my good experience instead of cut it short with sadness. Why well, was it? I was at the show, totally stoked. I'm talking about a couple of days after. I'm talking like, about the week, the day, the month, the whole thing. It's like, fuck, yeah, we went there. Yeah, Instead of that's like, true. man, it's like another funky ass, cool ass feather in your hat. Like, yes, fucking, yeah. I'm rocking that shit. Yeah, you are. <clears throat> and, that, and that's just the end of the fall. You know, there's there's more shit to come. Is there? There's, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think those they're guys are keep done. Going? I don't think they're done by any means. We but then to- how about that Karini third set opener? Oh, dude. Silence. We can't even say anything. That was that was the coolest ever. After after a two set break, after a set break, 
and then a show, then a separate, and then and that sci-fi show that was two and a half hours. Yeah, that was long. That's and a, awesome. That's, that's any other and band's then a nice entire break, concert. and then it's like, and then here comes the third set at like midnight. It was like holy shit, and then to kick it off with that greenie, it yeah, yeah, it was like, dope. The, it was great. The fuck, crowd is just insane, and that was funny. Like you're talking about booking the full run and stuff. There, it's funny to have been there because we just went to Sunday night, so we were fresh. Oh, we yeah. were ready for Sunday night. Watching the people that had been there, where it was their fourth night, saw the that couple dude sitting next to us, looking like he's going to pee on the wall. Yeah, and the the one sitting next to us, they. They they were young, probably early twenties, and I finally asked. I was like, "You guys," because they kept trying to stand up, but then ended up just sitting down again. And they're like, "Man, this is our fourth day. We thought we were young enough to handle this. It's like drugs. Nothing's even doing anything anymore, <laughs> but we're having fun." They're like, "But we are having fun. You just can't." They were tell. like grooving in their chairs, and we're like, "This was man, the hell of a run." Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't you, you find out what you're made of in I four days. I think we did the right thing because it was Vegas. Yes. That's why that's what I think. I think we did the perfect thing. We learned our lesson if it's not in Vegas and book, the, book run. the run. But if it's in Vegas, you book the fir- the favorite night and then you just keep Dip going. Out. Yeah, agreed 100%. When you've lived in Vegas for 30 years. No, one- I just think it's because of how we all can like feel about it and yeah. we all have that agreement like yeah, this was plenty of time. Mm-hmm. That's it. And we had the day after the show. I, the travel agent, he booked an extra day for all of us to recover in the hotel room the day after. So we had that, that whole fantastic. day. And it was sleep. a really nice dinner, Apple. That was cool that you took us out to dinner that night. Well, I was going to say, you guys know me. I got That's one thing I don't mind spending a lot. I'll spend more money on a dinner than I would go into more shows and shit sometimes. I wanted that experience of having a good dinner. Mm-hmm. in vegas it was cool and like we said you don't go to vegas to save money <laughs> no. no no you do not you do not Where'd we go well we went to wolfgang's wolfgang yeah. pucks yeah so yeah next year fish vegas look for or i guess it won't be next year but whenever it happens again look for us there we'll be there for sure it's fish dude they could do halloween in <laughs> february we don't know what they're up to no we don't crazy stuff fuck with nowadays to all year until and you know I, I back up to, to something you said too because we hear people in it it's funny. At least there, you know, there's something out there to criticize or enjoy or whatever. But we just did an interview earlier with the band, and Jasper, the drummer, said something about that. He's like, "Well, it's a whole lot better than the one that didn't happen." Oh Ooh. shit! You know what? You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna get down on things, just remember that could have not happened. There could have been no Halloween show. So yep. enjoy what we got, mm-hmm. whether you were into it or not. Um, I also want to give Jason a shout out. Jason, thank you so much for the text that you sent me. He, after last week's, um, or maybe it was two weeks ago now, but our, our my um, recap about Eugene. Uh, Eugene, he had sent me um, his account of his turn on, like the, the moment he sold his soul to fish was July 17th. Uh, 20, ooh, I can't remember what year, but, um, 25, 20, yeah, <laughs> some, some year. Um, and that was the opener of the second set. 2001. Maybe 2001. No, the song. 2001. Oh yeah. Two, I'm sorry. 2001. I thought I said that. And he sent it to me and it's 13 minutes in, but you have to get to it. And it's just. 
stuff like that, it made me feel like so welcome. Like, what? He's sending me this so that I could like, you know, hear his moment with that song. And it just that likeness, you know, that you can do that. Or like it just it got my memory, my my memory, it got my mind thinking in ways that I had never thought before about music and about fish and about um, research and about stats. It just everything. It got me thinking differently. And I just want to say a shout out to Jason and I love you. And thanks for bringing me into the fold. You know, I thought of something today that uh, about 2001, I, I, I ran today and while I was running, I was listening back to the Eugene shows. And I put on the 2001 and there's a, a feeling that's attached to that song that you'll, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you've had that experience with that song and that band, like Mel knows what I'm talking about. Apple knows what I'm talking about. Just there's something special. In Darwin that. knows what you're Darwin talking about. He just went, he just went, yeah, me too, man. Um, but I was thinking like, is it us? Is that feeling us? Is that, is that me locking into a certain frequency or is that the band and I'm reacting to the band? Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, it's but both. I, yeah it's, it, you, you can't separate those. Things. Yeah, it's, both. it's, it's like a little of this, a little of that, a little of where you're at, a little of your neighbor, a little bit of what you're wearing, a little bit of what, you're hearing a little bit of it's all of it. If there, if there was not that song from the band, you would have nothing to react to. I guess so. That. It's, I get that. You but know, I'm it, saying like there, there's moments when we all feel it together yeah. at the exact same time. And it hits us all at the same time. And we'll talk about it after the show. Yeah. That moment. And it, I wonder if that's us locking into each other more than the music because it's happening for us all simultaneously and for the band as well i think it's locking in together in a perfect circle mm. like, okay with think the about band a, and everything sense. a dog whistle you know what? like when you hear like if they hear a certain frequency they respond to it like it makes them do something and so when they play in these certain tones or these certain ways or the certain repetition it makes us do something yeah, I, oh, I, I like know. i couldn't i like that that's a good and i like that that like 2001 and like first tube is like fish's dog, dog whistle. whistle yeah <laughs> they like, pull that shit me, out and everybody's like yeah, it's, it's, it's like the funkier the fish and the like the grimier the fish that's dirty, my favorite fish. Dirty fish. Dirty fish. Mel, Mel likes dirty bottom fish. Bottom feeder. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's what I was going to say. Dirty bottom feeding rock fish. Those gnarly looking anglers. So if you guys shit. have any suggestions of the dirtiest and the grimiest, dunkiest fish you got, send it to me. Oh, shit. It's send it to on NSR. Now. Send that to Sally in the <laughs> yes, alley. Sally. You know? <laughs> There's my new email. Wow. No shit. Um, yeah, so that happened. <laughs> and then we came home. And then we came home and have been recouped. I was going to say that that's pretty much, I mean, it's sort of like the, the, how was your week? The rest of the week after we got back was just kind of getting back into the groove and I was straight up in, the in a fucking funkiness. daze. I was in a fucking daze too. I was in a daze deep. Like 
I felt like I couldn't close my mouth or my open my eyes. <laughs> and <laughs> like Tony Soprano. And the whole week, the world was doing that thing where it shifts like two feet under you all of a sudden. Uh, just fucking. I don't know what that is, dude. Yeah. Brain fucking tremors. I yeah. Anyway, me too. Yeah. It's Russian collusion. <laughs> it's sunspots. I don't know. Me either. Yeah, so solar flares are happening. That's what it is. It's pulling on the magnetic field that surrounds There's my a brain. Lot. There's a lot of crystals in my ears. I'm grateful that we've had the opportunity to have those eight experiences, nine experiences, however many shows we went to see. And I look forward to more. And I'm excited about your birthday month. I am too. Happy birthday month, baby. Happy Thanks. birthday month. I'm Thanks. excited. Well, you know what's really cool about you two guys? What? what? Our you, hair. You saw enough <laughs> shows of this tour to not know how many you saw exactly. Ooh. That's pretty good. I just, I just put it that. at that. Five, if babe. you cannot nail down exactly how many, <laughs> then you saw a good amount. That's true, man. Man. Just, Thanks for I putting it, it into again. perspective, Apple. It's true. You're like We've eight, got, 11, 14. Did, I don't know. During a time, especially a like this time last year, the, the like dynamic change that has happened from what we were doing then to what we're doing now, I am so grateful and mm -hmm. blessed. And I, I, it's total 180 and something that it's a freaking miracle. Yeah, man seeing all those people in the MGM grand was beautiful and I don't care if it was hot. It was so much fun. Oh no. And, and Eugene was fucking amazing. Oh, and the Eugene gorge was, was amazing and Hershey and San oh. Fran and all How of do it. Do you know what it is? I, I feel like I can't get a photo album big enough to express how many memories that like I want to hang on to. Yeah. It's from just that, this, past few months of all of all those shows it's it's beautiful it's like i w i want to remember them but there's so much to remember each show is uh, a lifetime of each learning and experience and yeah. sensory overload and musical wonder and, and i want to figure out a way to be able to can scale that down i know i know what we can do what let's start a podcast <gasps> And we'll talk about our experiences every week. And then we could just go back. And then we could go back and listen, and listen. to it later. <laughs> what do you think? That's solid plan, it's right? probably a good idea. Uh, I think it's we solid. We should start that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So, as Mel just said, it's my birthday month. That's yeah, right. Babe. Say a few words about feeling 50. I don't know, man. I'm not yeah. 50 yet. That's first. Second, I, 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 haven't, I haven't fully wrapped my head around the implications of turning 50. I haven't decided if it doesn't mean a fucking thing or it's a really huge deal. Um, I am. It's a little of both. I I, I'm completely that. split down the middle on where I stand with it. Age is just a number. But it's also not because this fucking meat suit that I live in is 50 years old. You will be getting planet. your AARP letter pretty soon in the mail. <laughs> I can tell you that much, sir, being 52. So I, it's a big deal in that um, it's a milestone birthday. It's a big deal in that I never in a million years thought I would be here for this one. Um, it's a huge deal because I'm a grandpa. Um, 
And as I was telling you earlier, like when I was younger in my 20s, a 50-year-old to me was an old dude. And now I'm that old dude that's 50. But I don't feel like an old guy. My body doesn't feel old. So can't you just wrap your head around that that was a lie and just pick up a new belief? Sure. Great. But I'm still turning 50. And I, yeah, yeah, it's. I don't know how I feel yet. I'll let you know on November twenty third, the day un- after my birthday. It's unwinding. It's unwinding. Yes, it is. Um, but the reason I said it about my birthday month is on November the eighteenth, Green Sky Bluegrass is playing the Crystal Ballroom with Holly Bowling. Woo! Let me say that again. Green Sky Burner. Bluegrass and Holly Bowling are playing the Crystal Ballroom here in Portland, Oregon. And it just so happens that that's where we're throwing my birthday celebration. So if any of you, well, not if, all of you that are listening to the sound of my voice right now, if you want to come hang out and celebrate my birthday with me, my 50th birthday, that'd be super cool. Come buy some tickets to go see Green Sky and we'll all hang out together. That would be super fun. On the super bouncy dance floor in mm-hmm. Crystal Ballroom. The show's going to be bitching amazing. Yeah. Green Sky with Holly is next level green sky yeah. with Holly. So, I mean, that Red Rock show was something else. Mm-hmm. I listened to that again the other night. It's so hard to describe the feeling that Holly's, it's like, you know how something can haunt you, but not necessarily like in a bad way. It's not scary, but it like. It's like ethereal. Yeah. yeah. It like comes yeah. on you. That's a perfect word. It, yeah. Like, you know, when you go into a forest and you like feel like there's and like it makes an you feel owl. like a kid, like yeah. cool. And it's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of spooky and ethereal and mysterious and kind of st- like strong. Yeah, spook ethereal. That's Holly Bowling. I love it. That's a perfect word. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, if you if you can, even if even if you can't, quit your job, buy a bus, just get here, be here on the 18th. <laughs> and if you're already here and you're like, I don't know. Well, they're they're doing a little. I don't know if I can make it to the Crystal Ballroom that weekend. I got work on Monday. No, it's Look, actually man, you got work on Friday because it's on a Thursday. Aaron only turns fifty once. That's all I'm saying, and it just so happens that Green Sky's playing right around my birthday, so. I would really love to hang out with all of you and have you there with me for that night. So if you can swing it, you're invited. Come hang out. That reminds me, too. I need to put it in for that Friday off. Oh, yeah. I know I did. I'm going to be not in any shape to Can't be do that. doing cable stuff that day. Anyway, you guys ready to get out of here? I'm, yeah. I'm ready to go to bed. All right. Yeah, Y'all's got to hop on a jet plane tomorrow 4 a.m i gotta be at work all right y'all hey we love you guys thanks for hanging out with us and listening to the conversation with ethan and our rap about fish and you know all of it we we appreciate each and every one of you guys and remember to follow no simple road on all the social media platforms at no simple road go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road and give a dollar a month man it's a quarter show we do four shows a month i mean the least you could do i'm just saying you know don't I'm not trying Be to like put any guilt trip on you something something but, but uh yeah and also you know when uh you're out there in the world make sure you tell a friend about the show because grassroots mycelial network no simple they'll road, tell a friend they'll tell a friend pretty soon we'll all be until you're cool uncle yeah 
can you imagine if just the No Simple Road family sold out the Crystal Ballroom with Green Sky? How dope that would be? Come on. That would be the dopest dope. That would be. So that and anything else, Mel, that you can think of? No, I'm thinking of going to bed. You're thinking of little sheep. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say thank you for being with us through this whole entire beautiful um, conversation and listening to us rant and be excited about fish and talk about our weeks. And I appreciate the time that we get to spend in your ear holes. Mm. Yeah. And I I hope there's love and light coming out of your ear holes. Yeah. We're we're putting it in there. We're putting love in there. And sometimes it's long winded love, but it's love nonetheless. Yep. So we'll be back next week with more stuff and things. And remember to smile at a stranger and safety third, hydrate and make sure you bring a water bottle with you when you go out the house. So you have something to drink and, um, you know, pet a dog. Smile. It's the holidays. The holidays are upon us. Spelled H-O-L-I-D-A-Z-E. All right, you guys. We love you. We'll be back next week. Peace. 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 tell you about the april may 2023 issue of relics magazine features a dave matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the national graham nash wayne shorter alo ivan neville our friend eric krasno and stanton moore marty stewart and much more check out the latest version of relics and subscribe now at relics.com dmb thanks relics It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts?